You are listening to Thursday Nights, episode 42. Here you are in the prison, yeah. I believe, still, having just uh, talked to Heptos and have Aurora in the body of Charlene of the Drow uh, freed from her shackles. Zavis says, well, <clears throat> I'm pretty sure we're going to have to kill that guy. He's going to die. And I'm pretty sure we can't do it out in the courtyard when he's about to leave just now. Pretty sure we have to go and get him to come back in here, tell him that we need to talk to him to give a message to the people that he's going to. And then we can kill him and say that, oh, that drow got loose and killed him before we hey. could restrain him. That sounds like a good plan. Wait. So saith the Zavis. Who's going to go get him? Guys, we don't necessarily have to kill him. We just need to stop him from doing the message. Mm, as long as he dies at some point, yes. Well, Soon. that's the problem, right? Continuity. We determined before that as... I have read books, and I know what happens when you mess around with this stuff. And I do not want to... As cool as it is to be a dragonborn right now, I would like to return to my gnome body sometime. Roll a diplomacy check. Uh, well, if we're doing this in character, Hugh has no idea how the timeline works. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. When Ren says something, it's usually pretty authoritative, but I want to find out how authoritative it is. Thirteen. Oh wait, but we're level ten. That was a thirteen. I don't know what that's. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Well, I think you're still rolling with your own stats for well, that kind of stuff. I don't. I prefer not to roll uh, against each other when doing. Uh, uh, yeah, that's right. Party uh, so interactions. So. I wasn't having him roll against me. I just wanted him to roll. Okay. Uh, well, he <laughs> roll. I roll. I don't care. I don't so roll. I'm just saying that that is stuff gets jacked. But like, so, Aurora, uh, let me. Okay. Explain real quick what I, I meant to start off with. Uh, uh, Dan's gonna grab his character sheet, but while well, he's grabbing character sheet, so you find yourselves minds are uh, have, have been you're have been transported into these uh, alternate bodies in the past. Apparently, um, Brandis says it was 15, 20 years ago, or some sort of thing. Being in these host bodies is uh, a very odd sensation. You find that. While it is definitely your mind, and for the most part your memories, which you can think and remember in these bodies, the bodies themselves, they don't move the way that you are used to. You know, it is a foreign body. But beyond simple things like uh, your acrobatic and athletic skills, which would make sense that you're going to be bound by the muscles and, and, and reaction speeds of, of your body, but even beyond that, Going to your uh, skill with history and your uh, your natural insight and stuff like that, you find it not quite tuned the way you normally are. It is almost as if it is only your spirit that is powering these bodies, but the but the mind of the body is still there, and you have the spirit and the mind and the natural um, uh, instincts of the person that you're in are all fighting to control the body. So while you are in control of your characters, you find that 
um, you, you are oftentimes, you know, those of you that maybe used to have arcana skill and don't anymore, you understand magic when in no, your normal body, but even when presented with some simple magic now, if your skill is not high, you find yourself almost inexplicably unable to understand it, and it's it can be frustrating. And, uh, it's a terrible blow to the confidence. And, you know, so that's kind of the... The, the style of control you have over these bodies, you know, so uh, you can role play it appropriately uh, in your in your dealings. Okay. Return to the conversation. <clears throat> so Zavis votes to kill. Uh, I thought Zavis says, says, and I'm pretty sure if it comes down to it, well, no, I. He says. Let's just keep talking. What did Heptos? Damon says, uh, "Yeah, he, I remember Heptos says the people who who died have to die. The people who lived have to live. Like I, he was pretty clear about that. He says, uh, Bren thinks the same. Then that's even it suggests even more so that we should stick to it." And then he says, "It's not like these people didn't die anyways." I mean, for all we know, who were they trying to save them from? He okay. So if we stop him from going and getting just to illustrate a point. If we stop him from going to get reinforcements and, you know, we still lose the battle because reinforcements don't come, but he's, he makes it and lives and runs away, and then he has a kid, and in 20 years that kid is out walking the street and he jumps me in my Ren body and kills me on the road because he wants to steal my gold, I still don't come back, so... Um, almost unbidden, he rolls an Arcana check. Because the body he's in is fairly familiar with these things. And whatever he's saying, I'm sure it has an opinion on. Uh, so he gets a 30 arcana check. How does this stuff actually work, timeline? Uh, Hugh finds that he... Or what is, what is sort of think, like... As people are discussing right. this, you know, he, he, he has an understanding, you know, as, as Ren is talking about, uh, about the timeline and such... This is normally the time when Hugh might kind of sit back and just be like, I'm going to let the guys that understand this stuff do it. But it's just like his brain starts working, and he's like, no, wait, I do understand this. I know exactly what's what the case is. And it's coming to his mind as if he knows, and he realizes that, you know, this is... that At least right now, he does understand magic, although um, not perhaps how a wizard would after years of studying, but more like a, uh, a sorcerer. It's almost intuitively. Yeah, it's just, just intuitively, you know. It's as like, if, that's not how that works. As if it was just a, a, a hidden thing that's been in him all along and is now manifesting. And and so he he does know uh, what I had told Ren uh, last session, which, or what I told Lincoln last session, that um, remembering some of the conversation back from the Philosopher's Temple of that the timeline has a way of correcting itself. It is uh, um, the stream of time and the, the gods of fates and, and such are are powerful and when something goes to modify time, uh, it can be self-correcting in a lot of ways. It is only major um, major changes that can not necessarily be reconciled and is when sometimes those gods may send a, um, uh, a chosen to have to go and fix it manually, you know, that is not unheard of to have been done, and in this case, you are almost sort of you, because you are from the future, you have the ability to be that agent that modifies time in the bad way, because there's nothing to fix here, 
by default, but by having things changed, now you need to you need to make sure that there is no, remains nothing to be fixed. Wow. So, the level right. of things that can get screwed up then, like deaths, important. Um, Depending. you expect so, but if it's a small thing, you know, like. If you engage in a, uh, if, 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 if there's a large battle, you know, just because someone prepared a little bit harder doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to turn the tide of the war and they're going to win. Um, that's that's kind of the small thing that uh, that the that the timeline will correct itself. But someone going to get reinforcements uh, when he didn't in the original timeline, that's kind of a more could be a, a much larger thing. So if this person were be to, alerted to these die as, as in uh, a battle as opposed to die at the hands of an escaping drow, probably the same thing. Okay. But what if he did die at all? That would be riskier. <laughs> well. Okay. Zava suddenly feels so... <clears throat> uh, what's the word? Vindicated? Mm-hmm. Not vindicated. Yeah. Justified? Justified! Justified. Justification. So... By the, by the time that... I'm sorry, your name? Uh, Taladar. Taladar. Or Taladar. I think Taladar. Yeah, Taladar. 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 By the time the Eladrin <laughs> finishes talking... Uh... Oh, that's how we're gonna go about it. Yeah. You will forever be known as the Drow. Taladar. Whatever. <laughs> she... Is... I am not really not really interested anymore uh, actually and, and is just beginning to rifle through the dungeon trying to find her gear <laughs> and is actually stopped and has stopped paying attention to Charlena alright uh, is the guard other guard still here with us? there's a guard he's far enough sorry. away that he okay. can't really hear your conversation now he was also kind of told by Mark Maddock the Mad Monsoon wields a mace in his mitts to go uh, <laughs> to, to stay away, you know, to not involve himself in this part of the And he overhears uh, us, who just think we're crazy. But <laughs> <laughs> we literally return to our timeline without killing him. And you're starting to maybe get the feeling that that isn't a change in opinion from Mark Maddock. What was it exactly? Right. Did you tell him to, to mind his rank? Or yeah. what was it you said? <laughs> know your place. But it was hardcore. <laughs> yeah. Said, know your place, soldier. It was pretty awesome. So, unless, well, unless, well, other, know, uh, unless otherwise clarified, yeah. or yeah. unless something else happens, like, I assume she finds her gear. Um, in the yeah, in the um, in the prison, there was an area where they had stowed her gear. She'd clearly not been here for, uh, not been chained up for very long. You know, she doesn't really have any malnutrition or anything like that. But um, not yet. Lovely. Uh, she strips and gets her gear on. Cool. Uh. She and you see she she pulls this huge full blade. It's it's when she puts it like upright, it's actually taller than she is. Uh, duh, duh. You know, I mean, the, the, so it's big. serious sword. She flings it over her shoulder and stalks outward, going up the stairs. Well, there's, uh, there's still a guard there, right? Are we, uh, you should probably shouldn't go first. We shouldn't. We should wait here. Going unless you're going to stop her. What are we doing? I mean, we uh, need to prevent the guy from actually getting reinforcements. Yeah, like are how we, we do that is up for grabs. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, we do. We still need to decide because, like, and the thing is, if she is going to go and kill this guy, then it's like, well, in a prison break is one thing, but for her to just go and hunt him down, 
And if we just blame, like we were saying, oh, we just blame it on her. Um, I think we can make just it hard for us to not get killed. Doing it here by everyone else might be to be the problem. Contained. That's what I'm saying. Is if we tell him to come here, that we need to talk to him. Yeah. And then he comes down there, and we do it when there's nobody else there watching, and we say the drow jumped him when we had our when we weren't watching because they're quick little buggers. Or we could just like. But how do we keep her Make sure he doesn't again? go. So no one gets sent. And then he fights in the battle and dies. Because time directs itself that way. Boom. We can do that. I mean, that's, that seems like it's going to be a little easier. Uh, as long as we can convince him, that seems like it'd be good. The thing is, if we just blame it on her, then what? Yeah. Then we'd have to say, we, but we still really need her. Yeah. Because now we're a man down. Okay. Who has some bluff checks? Mm. Not I. Mm. Not I. I really hope it's not just the assassin. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that works. I my can. Bluff, my bluff is nine. I can. I'm, I'm actually more charismatic than I am a liar. Awesome. But I have a 16 intimidate. Okay, we can work with I that. I can just scare people into believing us. Well, all right, she's fine. To Why leave. don't we get them? Just we. Well, let's get him. Either way, we have to get him. Here. Ren we have to talk or to him. Zaus is very uncomfortable with this, but regardless, he has to come down here and yeah, we have to way. stop him. So, so While you guys Zavis. are speaking, you hear the guard all of a sudden say, Whoa, stop! She says, Get your hands off of me. And uh, you see that the that Aurora has just started waltzing uh, away from you guys and is start trying to go up the thing and the guard is trying to see stop that. her. We said, uh, or, uh, Viren says, Where are you going? I have things to do. He says, you're still a prisoner. Get back here. Last time I checked, I wasn't. And she holds up her hands. No shackles. Zavis yells to her and says, you take one more step up those stairs and you will be. She attacks you. It's just a She's all the way across the room. So oh, yeah. Poof. Shadow. Poof. Attacks him. Well, then explain what she's actually doing. Um, Explosion of shadow. It's a... Uh, Called Shadow Step. Yeah, powers don't. I matter. forgot it. Describe like kind of the visuals of what's happening. Huh? Oh well. Describe the visuals of you know what what actions she's taking. An explosion of shadow and not something you expecting from her, and she poof appears right next to Zavis. Uh, Zavis, and jumps on him <laughs> in an attempt to knock him over. It was surprise. Uh, Gonna pin him to the ground with her blade. <laughs> How does Zavis re- react? Zavis, because he's huge and he's a dragonborn, feels this drow jump on his back and he's kind of like, ugh! And like, kind of sees her pull her knife out and goes, oh. <laughs> yeah, her big, huge blade. And <laughs> goes, oh, wait. Yeah, that's right, you're Aurora. Sorry, I got caught up in this whole thing. She goes, oh, did you? I'm still getting used to this. But still, you can't just walk around there. You're gonna fuck it all up! Yeah. Mark says, she. Takes takes a hold of his uh, chest chest plate or whatever he's wearing, um, and says, "I haven't forgotten what you said to a rat." And then she shoves him against the wall. And she goes, "Yeah, what was Does that ring that? a bell at all?" And she holds up her blade. Yeah, because he to was because he was gonna nuke us. I was trying to buy us time. I'm not really gonna join him. Her eyes narrow. Good God! All right, just go. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. Mark says, until we get back to our timeline, perhaps we should refrain from killing each other. 
Let's play our parts, but not too well. Drow assassin. Uh, when, when you say that, Aurora blinks a little bit, and she looks at. She's like, she's like this close to like actually injuring him, and she just takes a step back and she goes, "I." Injuring me, injuring Zavis, you, or yeah, you, she, uh, she doesn't know what came over, her and she says so. And Damon scratches a little bit, or Fearn scratches a little bit, and says, "Where are you going?" Uh, she says, uh, "Suddenly, I got fed up with you guys, and I was just going to run the guy through." Oh, Weird. hold on a sec. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, says. A couple of Long us should go, should go get him. Who's but but who's are you going? They appear uh, volunteers and uh, let's go. Yeah, follows. We might follow be here. We might be here in ten days. You guys, you come to. I'll babysit. Don't kill anyone, or not kill anyone, depending on the situation. Don't not kill anyone if the if situation calls for it. Mark says, "Ah!" Walk up the stairs. Savage shrugs off and just kind of cracks his neck a little bit and makes his way to the door. The guard kind of gets uh, Mark Maddock, the Mad Monsoon, who wields a mace and his mitts, attention. And he says, he says, are you sure you want to just leave her not chained up with just me and This time, Fearin cuts in and just puts the guy against the wall and then, as uh, waits for Maddox to keep going, <laughs> and then just falls. He says the door. he took a he, it took a dozen men to bring her in here, and we lost four of them. Or it just suddenly looks. <laughs> Mark says, "You call those men?" Not bad. Zavis says, "Are you equating us to those men?" Says, "You're the ones that are leaving." <laughs> and he kind of cuts off a little bit. Zavis chuckles a little bit. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> um. Mark says, um, we're in, ne- in negotiations with the prisoner to, to use her sword in the oncoming battle. It's a really good sword. Says, can we try... Uh, Alright. <laughs> Mark says, know your place, soldier! That's oh, the one. He's already too dead. natural one. He hiccups. Second time around, it's not quite as... <laughs> I it's am. the exact same thing he said before, yes. and he just kind of like, he's like, all right, okay. God. Yeah. He's like, sergeant. And then he just kind of sits back at his uh, at his post. We continue going. And he is just watching. Uh, well, she's she's down, like, further back. Kind of cool. Yeah, but still, in he's got his eyes on her. Okay. He's a trailer. What's her name? Did he... Sharina? That's right. Sharina? He's watching that. Uh, Shalrena. 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 Like, I shall Shalrena. Shalrena. Alright. Well, did he see her jump on the back of. Yes. Davis? Uh, that's improving our relations with the natives here. <laughs> Maybe one more guy needs to die. Did he die too, anyways? Hmm. Guess it wouldn't hurt. Um, <laughs> just to be sure. It's just a timeline. Um, it's just Hugh's dad. Maybe he's the only guy who survived. He eats his way out of the corpses. <laughs> um, it's only 15, 20 years ago. He's alive right now. Zavis turns well, and keeps making his way the out of the building to go really. find the guy. Because yes. time's a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> we should make less jokes. Let's go. 
Alright. You guys head up through this keep. You're reminded how dark and cold and rainy it is as you uh, come out of the dungeon and notice it's not really any less dreary uh, up here on the surface. And as you step out into the courtyard, you see that there are many men sparring and uh, and fighting as uh, clearly training for the big fight tomorrow. And many of them regard you as you walk by, just kind of looking, stopping for a moment, as then they just continue amongst these people here. And <laughs> as you get done? towards the oh, gates... This, this isn't getting old or anything. As you get towards the gates of the, uh, of the keep, you see clearly the man that you had noticed in the sort of, uh, in that bizarre, ethereal vision of what really happened. And you see him loading up some saddlebags onto a large griffin. Uh, there's a, there are a couple people around him who are helping him out and kind of uh, talking with him. Mark says, Silverfoot! What's his name? Hi. You're not here. Still in character for some reason. Um, and he uh, he looks over, and he says, "Mad Monsoon." We both have such awesome names. And you see this man. This is a Blaze, uh, right? a, a muscular man, and he has this uh, sort of sandy hair and golden eyes. And as he walks over to you, you realize that you smell strongly of fish. I smell the fish very strongly. <laughs> What are we actually... I have good perception and it's unpleasant at the moment. As he is approaching us, uh, Zavis kind of whispers to the others and says, what are we actually going to tell him? Or, like, um, what are we going to tell him to do instead? Actually, at, at, um, at, at you saying that... Uh, uh, we need his mouth of the battle. Yeah, well, we need to, we're going to need to talk to him in the, in the thing and we can figure out... Either way, we need to make the whole Because my idea. need to show you something. My two cents. Send him out on his griffin, because he's. I mean, he's all ready to go, but we can send him out and say, hey, we need you to do a little scouting thing real quick, because you're the fastest, and we need you to go see exactly where they are. Get on your griffin and go find them. And he could still die. Because he could still die that way. Or he might also. Not die. Well, just and he walks over and he says. He says, what is it? What is it? Um, he says, um, we're looking to recruit the, uh, the drow that was, uh, that was captured in the, that was captured. She's in the dungeon now, but we need to speak with you about your thoughts on the matter. He says, my thoughts on the matter is I would not trust her. Um, he says, she requests to speak to you personally. He says, To meet the mighty Blake Silverfoot. He says, Everything those elves say is a lie. Maybe she doesn't want to take all elves. Looks around it. You're questioning my authority? Oh, uh. Uh, Zavis looks at him and says, It was not a request. You will come with us now. And does an intimidate check on him. Straight one, but that's still a seventeen. Plus 
That's extremely intimidating. Uh, what is anyone else doing? Um, Fan will sidle up to the griffin and make nice with the mount to show that they are the ones that are in, are in control and not this silver foot guy. It's a 20 nature. No, 22 nature. 22 nature. As Fearin gets close to the griffin, it immediately flaps its wings and takes off into the air. And Silverfoot says, Get away from her! And he runs over and he says, and says, and then he just shoves Fearin as he says, he says, She will not be, uh, she will not be handled by any strangers. She only trusts me. It's not and then pain, Zoo. You see him sort of panicking to try to kind of Whoa. calm her down. Ah. Mm. Uh, Fearing uh, kind of like gets a little bit uh, gaunt and stares at this guy. I'm trusting of uh, this guy's extreme reactions to the Griffin. Fearing knows uh, knows the primal forces better than all in his mind. I'm not there, so Zavis yeah. says <laughs> yeah. we're wasting time. I'm back. Let's go. He says. Uh, he says, I will not stand face to face with that drow. He says, and that's that. I need to set out tonight. How long is that from now? <laughs> it's dark. Damn it! Dude, time uh, If you need some time, you could damage the griffin. I'm not going to damage the griffin. Not like permanently, just pull a couple oh, of the flight feathers see, out. See, normally I'd be like, well, don't worry, he's not really fearing. I don't think Damon would either. Yeah, I'm Damon just, would not damage just, the griffin. I'm just saying, if you pull a couple Who's of Who's driving the... this flying umbrella? Yeah, no, but you, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, uh, they take a couple weeks kind of... to grow back, and then you're You good. see him spend a little bit, and kind of, as he calls to the griffin to get it to Who land, as he around? kind of comforts... Uh, he comforts the griffin, and uh, he's starting to straighten the saddlebags, picking up some of the stuff that fell out of the bags because they weren't fully secured. 27. Who is around? Perception. 27 perception. Who's here? There are uh, there are many people uh, just kind of practice fighting. Mm-hmm. But uh, standing near him, there are a couple prominent people. You see um, one guy who is wearing full plate mail, and he looks... Um, he looks pretty serious, and he looks like he has a, a kind of a angry look on his face. He's got uh, he's got just a small amount of stubble, like my uh, little stubble here. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just and he's just standing there, and he's kind of just not saying anything. You get the feeling that he is um, he's a respected warrior, definitely by the way he carries himself. But there's, uh, there's something odd about him, uh, as well as um, a. Um, Another guy who is, unlike most of the people here, wearing uh, only leathers with no, uh, not even studded leather, just uh, just leathers, and holding a blade with um, that has an all wooden, uh, all wooden handle. Okay. Uh, as uh, all right, as they they stand there, uh, Fearing continues to stare, to stare at the Griffin, and he kind of says to uh, Blake, but more at the Griffin, he says. He says, such a beast would be much more useful in the battle than flying away to roost in another, in another castle. He says that to who? I mean, he says that to Blake while looking at the... staring at the griffin. Says so it to Blake. Yeah, he says it so Blake can hear him. Silverfoot. Silverfoot. Oh, oh, Silverfoot, right. I had a different name written down because I, I forgot you had chosen that. Okay. Oh, my God, confused. <laughs> so I, um, 
He says, he says, she has seen enough battle. She gets skittish around others. She is fantastic for scouting and flying long distances, faster than any other griffin in the sky. As he just continues to kind of uh, calm her down, as you see, she's still kind of on edge. He says, uh, and what is it that has put her in such a state? You. He says, it was before I came to, uh, came to care for her. Uh, he says, he says, yes? He says, I do not know. He says, he says, I can tell from her eyes and her reactions. It was, uh, she was probably injured in some sort of battle. Perhaps a former master that was abusive, uh, he says, or let seen, strangers touch her. Seen many of them in my time. Uh, oftentimes they are uh, not, it's not even possible to re- domesticate them. But uh, he says, she and I have an understanding. He says, yes, yes. Uh, and uh, goes goes quiet as he uh, draws to the back of the crowd. Zavis says, we are wasting time here. We have other matters to discuss other than the drow. That is not the only reason we came here to summon you. Come, we must talk in private. Change to the message, perhaps. Are you, uh, rolling a die for me? Roll a die for me. You changed the weight. Thirteen. Thirteen? For what? What are you trying to do? Oh, yeah, sorry. Thirteen for a diplomacy check. That's five. He says, uh, he says, look, I don't answer to you Dragonborn, touch it. As he just continues. Up for me, Mark Maddox. <laughs> he says, "I have orders to leave tonight." In the meantime, Mark, Mark says. So, in the meantime, Aurora and Hugh, uh, what are you guys up to? Well, we're just waiting. I'm a poison shit. So, Aurora. Back down in the dark. Hugh, for some reason that he can't quite understand, feels a natural dislike for you Aurora right now. Aurora feels the same way about you. That's she, not any different from our normal. She doesn't. Uh, she she understands it because she's in a freaking drow body and yeah. they hate elves. And really, really hate elves. Like of all the things they hate, it's like elves are like number one, top of the list. So she just is is struggling to maintain a pleasant disposition, uh, which isn't too hard after a while. I think uh, after a while you kind of like learn to maybe ignore the impulse to stab. Yeah, because like when you can rationally think about, it, you can say this. This impulse and feeling like, is not normal. I don't trust this guy. He's stupid and dumb. No, no, no. Mustn't kill friend. And, and so she, she, in order to distract herself from his elfiness, uh, she asks him to do some magic. Since so she's never seen um, Hugh do any magic, Hugh has never done any magic, and. Upon her saying this, he's like, I could do magic. Uh, and so he uh, begins sort of looking and, I don't know, kind of gauging what he can do. Well, how about and I throw a dagger in the air and then you can make it explode or something. <laughs> I throw a dagger in the air and you catch it in your mouth and don't die. It'll be All right, an awesome trick. Magic. No. Um, Whoops! Darn. <laughs> okay, so she says that. Uh, so he, uh, you so throw a dagger in the air, and he, at first, it's kind of awkward, he gets, basically makes the thing glow, and, uh, 
At first reaction, the dagger comes down and it's sharper than it was before. Huh. <laughs> he says, huh. And he looks at him, he sees all kinds of pouches and things like this. He says, I guess I do more with augmenting things. She puts it in her belt and her pants fall down. Huh. Yeah. But after a few practices, he actually does send a little z- bolt of lightning thing and it zaps the dagger and sends it flipping past the room and sticks in the wall. He's like, that's They continue cool. in this manner until things change. Alright. Well, they're kind of just experimenting with their own kind of natural abilities. Back at the ranch. The guard is just also, eyeing them just completely like... <laughs> Every time she throws a dagger, she's just looking at him. Yeah, and, and he's just like... He kind of reaches for his uh, reaches for his weapon just every time. Are knees all shaky? Yeah, you can clearly tell that he is expecting to die his every teeth, time she makes a move. His teeth are chattering. Meanwhile, Thirin has uh, has uh, kind of gone to the back of, of, uh, of the group as they continue to talk, and he begins to kind of, I don't know, kind of almost unconsciously kind of rifle through, uh, or kind of his hands are drawn to his pouches, which he finds contain a variety of very potent herbs that have been gathered from different parts of the, of the world. And as he uh, looks through them, both Damon and uh, Damon has some familiarity with these, but he seems to have an even more unnatural familiarity with these herbs as he begins to select through uh, uh, some especially potent uh, uh, strains of uh, or potent kind of like powdered herbs. And he he thinks to himself, if "Only I had a bit of a distraction, I could I could mix something together that would really drive this Griffin crazy." When immediately the uh, a bale of hay, like probably ten feet from where the Griffin is, catches on fire. Um, so... I'm gonna roll a nature check for the herbs. But okay. they definitely catch them on fire, too. Alright. Uh, How'd you make the hay catch on fire? I can make things on fire with my mind. Awesome. Uh, nice. So that's a 30 nature. Alright. To, 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 to get the, the draught, uh, to kind of mix together, kind of like a combination of catnip and pepper spray for this grip, for this griffin. Uh, and, um... <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and kind of like... Basically, and as people, as kind of like the, the, the fire catches uh, in the background, and like all heads are turned toward, and like someone runs over and literally just throws one bucket on it and solves the problem. Dan's already washed his kind of his uh, paws, or Fear has already washed his paws in uh, this powder, and uh, takes uh, two steps forward because he only dropped back some. Uh, he goes to, to Blake's silver hand and he says, he says, if you're, go- if you're going to go, then, uh, then uh, best be gone. I'll, I'm to the prisoner and shakes his <laughs> shakes his hand. Okay, so the, uh, just he's just selected his herbs. Let's give the other players a chance to do something. This is your only your first success okay. in this entire thing here. That's fine. Um, <laughs> so the bale of hay catches on fire. You see a bunch of people all of a sudden look over and they, some people yell fire. And you can see it's raining, but it's it's just not um, it's, it's not, not coming down strong enough. While right. Others are still practice fighting and. Um, and some people uh, go to fetch some buckets, and you see Silverfoot kind of look over, and he says, he says, ah, oh, Jesus. And uh, it sort of distracts him, but he's still kind of looking around. You his just kind first of, concern is probably his griffin. Yeah, he looks over the griffin, who's kind of like started to uh, started to rear back and is startled by the, uh, the sudden commotion. What are you guys doing? Do we notice? Is there like, they give us an eye kind of thing of what was going on? Or? Sure, whatever. Um... <coughs> You guys are all telepathic. Then, uh, then, uh, 
Um, just hit him. Do you have anything? Hit him. Punch him in the face. That's not going to solve all our problems here. God damn it, Drow. Drow is... You could actually just punch him in the face. It's like, damn you! Zavis. <laughs> you can go... I... Zavis, you have... Zavis is, is letting Fenrin run with this. Because... Well, actually, Zavis is kind of irritated because Zavis has this whole thing he wants to do, but it requires him to be back yeah. where there's no people there. And so when Fenrin did that... Fearin? Fearin. What, what kind of breath weapon do you have? I have a great sword. No, what kind of breath weapon? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said breath, and I was like... He breathes great sword. I breathe um, great that's sword. That's awesome. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. He breathes a great sword. Uh, <laughs> fire. Oh. Yeah, I'm so not. You can't make the I'm fire not, better. I'm not putting it out with my fire. My <laughs> fire with fire. I'm like, well, Start I, up fire. I can finish this thing faster. Um, then yeah, Brennis will just yeah blast and uh, try to contribute to the uh, to confusion. The confusion by enduring things. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you but. see that d- despite him being a little bit distracted, he still kind of got his eyes on yourself on, the uh, fire. on Fearin, and you know he's kind of looked through his pouches, but he can't really kind of get it on okay. his hands. Okay, so that his, hasn't he's, he didn't yeah. like him approaching his Griffin. So he hates me. Yeah. Um, I hate him right then there. yeah, Brannis is gonna um, uh, gonna grab him at grab uh, Silverfoot and say, um, "Damn it, man! Don't stand there. We've got a fire to put out. You can catch the whole fort. Cost us the battle." Check. <laughs> um, I mean, the only th- I mean, I intimidate with my own. Like, I mean, if he's grabbing and turning around, it could be an athletics thing. If he's okay. just kind yeah, of he's you know, actually, for- yes. forcefully, actually, yeah, he'll grab him and um and Attempt pull him with his massive hand. One of his hands is just like really like that's his mitt. You see, like that's sausage. Each knuckle is like a sausage. Like Shrek. It's like Shrek's hand. And is that unusual for for Brandis? Does it look just like a much meatier hand than uh... than Brandis's hands? Um, well, the thing is, it doesn't look like deformed. It just looks like he works out a lot with that hand. You mean I wonder what he does. He just yeah, exactly. He has one of the little ace squeezes and just does that all day. Sure, it's a goblin head. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and grabs him over. And and, and and pulls them towards the uh, where the guys are grabbing the buckets. Alright, let's check. Uh, that was a, for 21 athletics. 21 athletics. So for just a moment, I may, it might invade his personal space. But We're getting I'll level 10 difficulty away. things here, right? Not level 16 difficulty things? Of course. You see that Mark grabs him and turns him around. You can go ahead and describe it. Um... He kind of like grabs him and starts pulling him, and the guy um, like turns to turn back, and uh, Brennan just like moves him a square, like kind of <laughs> like hop, and then like picks him up by the the scruff of his armor. It appears to have gotten uh, gotten his attention away from Fearin for long enough to kind of do do the quick little mixing and get it on his hands. <laughs> Is Zavis uh, doing anything? Uh, at the same time that uh, that Mark. Mark pulls him away, Zavis steps in close and says, <clears throat> uh, "says Listen, we have need for your speed right now." He says, "Since you won't come with us, I'm going to use this distraction to talk to you." Uh, this distraction. I'm, 
or not Fearin. Th- this this chaos, whatever. Fearin uh, has caught scent of our enemy. Uh, the wind change, and we sense that there perhaps may be an ambush coming on the other side of the of the ridge over here. We need you with great speed to uh, <coughs> go and investigate and make a. Uh, Make a scouting loop all around the fort in the area and report back to us and let us know what is going on. Uh, roll a bluff check. Ooh, money! 26. So your objective is to try to convince him to... To not go to the, get right reinforcements. Five more time. But we just, for at least for right now, we need him to go do some scouting stuff because he's the fastest and we think there might be an attack coming from somewhere we didn't think there was one coming. He says, finally, a request that makes some sense. Yeah, I can do a quick loop before I uh, before I head off. He says, uh, and then he kind of shoves Brannis off. He says, don't need to be so forceful. Everyone around here seems to respect you, but I don't trust you. Weird he smells like fire. He says, what rank are you anyway? Captain Sergeant! He says, that's not a... And then he just kind of gets frustrated. <laughs> and he turns back to Fearin, uh, and, um... Who's sidling up. No, Fearin blinks. Uh, blinks out of... Uh, you see, like, the the staff that he's holding, uh, kind of like a ring of energy go, uh, kind of show, uh, appear at the top of the staff, and it, like, bobs once, and then Fearin just blinks out and appears, uh, next... Next, or in front of uh, uh, Blake, but just off to the side, kind of like outside, outside, kind of into his peripheral vision. So it's just that much more unnerving. And I'm gonna do a perception check. Uh, Fearin quickly gives his gear once over to see where exactly, because I mean, griffins aren't, aren't like beasts. Surely uh, uh, a griffin uh, will will nibble or scratch or <coughs> like play with his with his master's equipment, kind of in an affectionate way. So gives his gear once over. Oh fuck, sixteen. Uh, to see where exactly, uh, yeah, where exactly uh, the the Griffin kind of like nibbles at his uh, at his master's kind of like leather leather equipment and sees a, a specific spot on his sleeve. And when he goes up to uh, gives uh, Blake one last handshake, uh, delivering the uh, the uh, herbal kind of mixture to that specific spot where he knows it will be able to uh, um, rub off onto the, the Griffin's uh, whatever scent area. Olfactory senses. Okay, uh, so. Goes forward to to try and, and deliver his his mixture in the most potent area. That's a failure. Okay. So, I mean, he delivers it. So he, he delivers it, but I mean, maybe it's not as potent as it would have been. Maybe it's to the totally wrong place, or maybe it's just not enough of the Griffin because or not enough because it's raining. Yeah, I mean, it's up to you. I mean, you can okay. Yeah, uh, I mean, he delivers it where he thinks it will. How it plays out. If it doesn't play out, you can take it from there. All right. Um. He said, uh, he kind of, he takes the, the handshake, uh, takes the handshake and says, and says, okay, all right. Uh, he says, he says, let me finish loading up these saddlebags. I'll do your once over. I'll report back. He seems frustrated with everyone here. He says, then I'm taking off to get the reinforcements. It's so much easier just to talk to a drow. Yeah, all right. He didn't seem enthused about that idea. Would take it less time. <laughs> he says, <laughs> the, He says, because you got to remember, I have direct orders from the commander who outranks whatever you are to go get reinforcements. 
Mark says, Bah! I promoted him to his station. He just shakes his head. <laughs> like, he doesn't listen to what you say anymore, does he? But the other people around, they, the onlookers, they go, oh, yeah, and they kind of talk and whisper. <laughs> I didn't know that about him. <clears throat> I didn't read that in the, so when the he turns around, monthly. When he turns around and goes to attend to his saddlebags, Zavis kind of says under his breath to the others, when he gets back, I am becoming less and less and less opposed to killing this mother. <laughs> <laughs> Ren is still in control of his body, clearly. <laughs> Whoever this guy used to be, he really agrees a lot with Ren. And you see, as he heads on back over to the his griffin, and the people have put out the fire by now. A bit of the commotion has died down. He goes over. The griffin sort of kind of rubs against him as he uh, as he comes over. And then suddenly, you see the griffin just thrust its wings outward, knocking the guy back as it just starts flipping out. And it starts flying into the air, and the saddlebags fall off. And it's just kind of flying and almost falling and flipping around. And the guy just goes berserk. He's just going, no, no! He's saying, get out of here! And, like, clearing the area, trying to tell people to go away. And, uh, and you see it kind of flip over the wall, and then you hear a thud as it crashes into the ground on the other side of the wall. And he runs over there to go see what's going on. You see the saddlebags have opened up and spilled stuff all over the, uh, all over the ground. Then you see the griffin fly up again, and he runs out through the keep walls. The keep gate. Mission. Make it recorded. <laughs> Damn it! He's kind of sitting, standing there, kind of like with his mouth open, like. But then, as as uh, all of a sudden, you see kind of a subtle change in the features, as kind of like the eyes go from kind of like startled to kind of wide, and like a bit of a maniacal kind of like twitch uh, begins to kind of wash over the face as uh, Dan, uh, as fear and shakes his head. And, uh, and kind of steals himself back to the task at hand. Clearly some conflict within. Um, yes. Mark kind of looks out kind of like, well, that seemed to do something. <laughs> Two parts dark blue. We may want to, uh, One small bit check of in. Do we want to go mark. over? I mean, are we running over and is it still flying away? It, he seems to be quite occupied trying to calm this thing down, but it is flipping out. Um. Uh. There are. Fearon says. He says. Perhaps there would be a way to. Bring him down mid flight in a more. In a. In a. In more of a natural way. Um. Marcus, yes, this uh, certainly buys us time. But. If he can eventually calm this down, we're still. He says, uh, he says, how well do you know this keep? If we can find a secluded area, I might be able to summon lightning from the skies and strike him from the mountain as he flies. Terrible, terrible. And that, Zaz. Yes. <laughs> I like it. What kind of people did you run with? What are you uh, trying to do? History check to think of uh, if I remember any... Um, Places around here that would uh, afford for an ambush, um, like a jail, like a parapet. Mark Maddox, Mad Monsoon, who wields Mason's mitts. 
first time I was able to say it. Last time, right? He remembers that he actually remembers in detail and uh, an area that would be quite great. And he remembers that there's kind of this over the mountain a little bit. There's a sort of this valley, and it's not in view of the thing. And then he remembers that was a completely different place and time, <laughs> and that is not here. And just is so thrown off by this, he can't think. Mark anything. describes the place in great detail. Until he gets to how we get there and goes, no, no, oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> the haylight's on fire again. <laughs> Elsewhere. Um, the haylight's on fire again? Yeah, it does. <laughs> and they're scrambling to put it out. It's just chaos here. Awesome. <laughs> it's rain. I think why they burning. lost this fight. Uh, why don't we just walk over and talk to, Zava says to the others, why don't we just go over and see if we can help him? And when the Griffin gets spooked again and tries to kill Fearin or scratch him, Fearin just freaks out and instinctively, because he's a shifter and looks like a werewolf, kills the Griffin. Whoops! Sorry, I didn't mean to. Why don't we do that? That would work. Are you discussing this out loud in the courtyard with all the people around? Not everyone. Yeah, I'm talking about it, but not that loud to everyone. I just kind of said it under my breath. Or it throws another dagger into the ceiling. It's like... Says, wow, they are taking a long time. That would stop him. Damon, uh, or Spiran says, he says, uh, the place where we we first arrived here, he says it was completely empty. He says, uh, are there there not guards? Are there guards there at night? Perhaps there would be an opportunity. It flies by the wall. Uh, let's get our companions and see if we can uh, scout out an area that uh, perhaps the assassin would be able to be good at spotting a shadowy place. Yeah. I am a shadowy place. We... I'm not going to hide in you. He says, we've sown enough con- uh, we think he chaos here. It <laughs> should buy us a half an hour or so. All right, so Are you opposed to killing a griffin? Are you asking me in my mind? No. Yeah, I will let's, ask when we get back. Let's head here. back. Let's head back to the. Uh, the we gotta be in the timeline. This Griffin cures cancer. We gotta be quick oh. though. Yeah, we 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 bought ourselves some time, but now we but need to. Super AIDS. Uh, yeah, unless we go off, but he would not come to the to the jail. Uh, so let's so let's head back there, and maybe you know we can kill him elsewhere. We can kill. We're discussing this after we're back in the jail. Alright, so you guys get back to the uh, the jail as you go down into the dungeon as the sounds of the practice fighting fades away. Deeper and deeper. Um, so... Yeah, so, uh, so we're back in there. What? So you spooked his griffin. Yes. We tell him. bought us some time. Uh, I mean, what next? But, uh, he... Well, he he ref- absolutely refuses to come here. Absolutely refuses to see you. Um, <laughs> so how would you feel about me? Did I offend him in some way? Um, you're a damn dirty drow. By being born, I think he's. I mean, not you, by. Aurora, but your body is for right now. He's offended at your body until we fix you. <laughs> not you. It's just what you look like. So what should we do? Um. Zava says this with kind of a smile on his face and starts to laugh. Laugh it up, chuckle. <laughs> we could, uh, I mean, Damon yeah. says, uh, or, or sorry, no, no, go for it. Fearin says, he says, um, he says, 
I'm familiar, as you know, with the uh, with elemental lightning in this body. It seems to command it not from within, but from the uh, the air around it. He says, "I might be able to summon uh, a bolt of it from the sky and strike him as if it were a natural occurrence." Look outside. There's rain. There's storms. Who would tell the difference? All right. Uh. Fine. Well, why should I mean if you're if you're casting is. Tomadar, when you say who could tell the difference, he tries to see if he could he could tell the difference. Uh, he gets a nineteen plus seventeen. What is that? Thirty-six. Thirty-six. Hugh is Arcana. pretty certain in this body that he could definitely tell the difference, but he also knows that not many could. Might be worth a shot. <laughs> Uh, Anything that gets me out of this dungeon, I'm a-okay with. Yeah, we can go out now, but uh, but what's our what's our next? We should go out there. The Griffin's freaking out right now. Do it right now. What? Why should we? Is what I'm wondering. Uh, uh, Fionn says. Um, he says I I the I, I for sure could do it here, but the 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 more the closer I am to the scene of the crime, the more they will surely suspect. Then. uh... But wait I guess you the, could just say I did it. Wait in the parapet. Do this. Thing. Yeah. Um. And uh, and maybe do it when he comes back. I mean, he'll be coming back here eventually to fill the saddlebags properly. Should we just do a stakeout kind of thing? That's what I'm thinking. The, does anyone have? Zap in the middle I of mean, the courtyard. Brennus remembers yes. so little of what happened here hmm. that uh, people keep looking to him for. Uh, for guidance, which is not what people usually do in the group, so he's a little bit thrown off. I'm like, what now, Brandon? He's like, I don't know. This isn't how it happened, and I don't even remember how it happened. <laughs> so, Alright, so, Fearing, do you need to be within line of sight of this thing, or can you just sense him in your elemental, with your elemental prowess, that, and your in attunement with the primal forces, that you can just zap him from anywhere? Fearing rubs his hands together and he says, I don't even need to be looking at him. Then do it right now. He says, I need to be closer, though. <laughs> like, how close? Well, how close? He says... Uh, 50 feet? That's pretty close. He says, That's not so close that people say, Hey, maybe that guy didn't do it over there. He says, But I don't even need to be looking at it. If I had in a barrel... If I, so you have if to I go, like, like, summon a la lightning or something. He says... He says... He says, Any sort of conjuration can be done completely out of sight. Do it. Okay. Uh, perhaps Zavis throws this idea out there. Perhaps uh, Fearin and oh, hundred feet, not, not hundred uh, feet. Sorry. Chalrina, Rena. Chalrina. Perhaps Fearin and Chalrina should make their way out and find a deep, deep, dark, dark, deep, dark hiding spot to do it from. Is excellent. The so, five yeah. with with all of us making our way and trying to be con, you know unconspicuous would be much harder than having just two. Of course, one of us, one of you, will be a drow. But she is presumably pretty good at hiding herself and sticking to the shadows and doing all kinds of yeah, stuff like that. that. So yeah. perhaps the two of you should make your way out while we wait here and. Do we have, like, a plan B in case this doesn't work out? Because like, you, you can zap him on the return trip in. If some reason that doesn't work out, like, we could make look look like he had an accident or something. 
like, oh no, he broke his most of his bones or something. <laughs> Darren says, uh, this, I still don't know all of the uh, all of my my capabilities, but the lightning it, it is always at the forefront of my mind. He says it uh, it calls to me. I will call it. As he like right. his chops. Let's go. <laughs> and again, right. he tries to leave. And once again, this time the guard stands back as you are all leaving together. Hmm. Yeah. And he just kind of. Uh, did you do that? Oh yeah. He just scowls, and then he he scowls the back of Mark Maddock, Mad Monsoon, wields Mason's mitt's head. Stood the back of my head. Oh yeah. He and Mark can feel it as this guard is just furious that this drow is getting let go. In fact, no one else in this heap has seen that you're <laughs> letting the drow go. Right. Um. So, which brings up. An interesting, important point. Uh, What's the deal we worked out? Like, we need to say there was a deal. Right, that's why when we first got there we should uh, all address the troops. I fight with you, I have you let me come. No one will believe that. I'll give you the antidote. That's... You knocked her up. I, no one will believe that either. <laughs> um... Um... Yes. You'll give me back something I want. Um... Brandis shouts out, "Men!" So we're there now. Don't okay, you dare. let's do this. So you go out <coughs> into the courtyard and say, "Men!" And you see that as he does so, already their attention is turned in a different uh, direction. As you hear what you at first think is a growl, just the kind of growl that commands a room. As uh, and then you realize that it is a man's voice, and he says, "Madok," and then he starts walking across the courtyard towards Mark. Um, <laughs> the the person who said Madok. Yes. Oh, what does you're he look in like? Trouble. Hey, Fearin turns to Shalrina and he says, "He says, did thou find us a spot to do this thing? I don't think she should disappear right now. I think that would be great. She's already backing away." Like, we can just... She can't back away alone. She can, like, poof and um, <laughs> What is Shalina do? Stealth check. I want to hide. Fuck yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. You? She hides like pro. Yeah. Um, 34. Describe, um, describe her method of quickly hiding as, uh, attention as all the eyes are starting to turn towards you. She just melts into the shadow. Like, literally... It's not like she hides in the shower. She she um, vanishes. Just, I mean, she's she's hiding very well, but it's kind of just ha- letting the shadows kind of engulf her, and she just. I mean, you you even have a hard time, like wondering like where she got. Did she was she ever really there? He says to shadows. He says, "Find us a spot to do this. Signal for me." And this man that walks across the field. You see that he is um, he is dressed in uh, some armor, although it appears to be the uh, under armor worn underneath um, worn underneath uh, plate mail. You know, kind of the, the the paddings and stuff, as if he was um, 
you know, only partially dressed. Maybe this is what the guy wears uh, when he doesn't want to have his uh, full plate mail. He's walking over, and you see this is a man with a big, huge beard, and such a large beard that even his forehead and, you know, his temples... Not like there's a lot of fur there, but it looks like he's got stubble there, and you see, and his arms are exposed, and you see it's just thick. Well, he has black, stubble on his forehead. Thick black hair as he steps forward, and he says, "This uh, is more Brandis than Brandis." And he says, uh, "He says, Madoc." He says, "What's this I hear about the prisoner?" Mark says, um, uh, "I'm." Saving your fort is what I'm doing. That's what you heard. <laughs> Take a big bite. <laughs> it'll be oh, is that honey bread? Take a big bite out of a piece of honey bread. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should have brought this to me. Um, <clears throat> Maddox says, um, how many of ours did she kill? And before he even answers, he says, he says, think about how many of them she can kill. Roll a, uh, um, diplomacy. Bad idea, kid. I'm just saying. That's what's cool. That's a two. That's four. He says, I see the logic, but I don't trust those drow. The only thing that should happen to them is tearing their flesh from their bones. Mark says, I agree, for I enjoy tearing flesh from bones. He says, hi, and he gives him a, a high five. <laughs> now we know how Brandon's got any rank in this place. <laughs> the clap makes a sound of thunder. He says, regardless. And then he looks around and he says, where is she? Um. <laughs> That's awesome. She, <laughs> um. She, of course, is demonstrating her usefulness to you and the men we have. I. He. <laughs> is anyone chiming in on this? Nope. <laughs> That's fire you can tell immediately as Brennis is speaking that, as you know about him, apparently this um, past version of Brandis is not much better at um, <laughs> yeah, trying to convince someone of something. Not, yeah. not so much the interlocutor. Um. Yeah, let me, I'll use an inside check on this guy to see what is it he really wants to do. I mean, he's got he's opposed to this. Uh, that's twenty insight. Uh, yeah. So he knows that. Uh, yeah, I mean, he knows that he's kind of like putting up a lot of bluster and a lot of theatrics. But I mean, does this guy have some sort of intelligent plan that he's trying to propose, or is he is he really looking to us for solutions? Um, he can tell that this. Uh, this guy who clearly commands uh, much of this fort, just based on the way people are reacting, you can tell that whoever this is uh, clearly feels that he outranks uh, Mark Maddock here, and it seems that most other people would agree with that, despite so far having seen that there's been a variance in how much people respect Mark, but there's but this guy seems unanimously um, higher ranked. You can tell that this is a guy who is barely holding back some sort of bestial rage as uh, as he is uh, speaking and you can tell that uh, what he really wants is to uh, is to keep this place civil and he is ready to rip the head off of anyone that um, that stands in the way of the best interests of this keep. Alright, so do, do, I, do I sense that he has like a he 
has a way that he wants to do it that he's just like dying to tell us, or like he really is looking to us for like a solution, and we should we should tell him something. Well, what does what? Well, that, that's what I'm trying to insight. Go ahead and suggest something. Okay. Uh, uh, well, the idea of the insight is I want to know if he has something because yeah, sorry, he so, does. Oh, he so does. Go ahead. Okay, I'm so trying to then, ask you to suggest something. Oh, okay. For him, gotcha. I was uh, I was saying. Gotcha. So yeah, uh, he really does. He really does have a plan, and uh, um, his plan is his plan is to is to kind of uh, to arrange a diversion so that they can lure the the attacking uh, horde into the keep and fight with them on their home territory. But the question in his mind is whether or not he thinks the walls will hold. He doesn't know if the attacking forces have siege. Uh, engines, and so by trying to lure them in the walls, he might expose his walls and destroy the, the keep. So that's what he wants to do, but he doesn't know if he can make it happen. He doesn't have the intelligence uh, information enough to make that call. So Fearon picks up on this. Fearon picks up on this, and he says, uh, "He says, uh, your lordship. He says, uh, he says clearly you you see the draw as a failed strategy. What is it that you would see done?" Um. And with this, he seems to be called off guard as he, as, you know, and then he's like, he's like, yes, of course people would be asking me because I'm in command here. And he sort of looks at Mark as clearly there is some sort of, um, perhaps tension there with, uh, who's really in command. Uh, and is anyone else saying anything? Or, or he, you know, he responds and he says, well, we should, you, you know, we, I, Zap, I just want to be... Zavis says... <laughs> he's stumbling. <laughs> Zavis says, my lord, we all know that drow are filthy creatures. But before we judge this one, perhaps it is better to consider her usefulness uh, before we condemn her to ripping the flesh from her bones. Surely, if she gets out of hand, an entire fortress of men, not, I mean, Mark Maddox alone can handle this one drow. Perhaps it is better to let her prove her worth before we pass too many judgments. And that's a 19 diplomacy. He says, I suppose there could be some usefulness there. She will fight in shackles, of course, right? Keep keep control of her. He says, where is she? Um, uh, Marmatic says, she has been unshackled. For her weapons are of more use unshackled. For what man can rip the flesh from bones with shackles on his wrists? <laughs> he says, okay, okay. Um, he says, where is she? Uh, I man's like a frightened animal. Our loud voices have scared her away temporarily. He says, he says, yes, yes, they are animals. Yes, yes. In my travels in the Underdark, I encountered her some time ago. It was a long time ago, but we slayed many, much more evil drow together. Are you lying? Plus four. He says, "I have no doubt uh, a drow would kill their own kind, for they are savage beasts. But traveling with the likes of you, he says, surely you jest." Um. Aha! Fearon says, yes. My lord, explain to us your plan for the battle. <laughs> for the battle which is surely inevitable. At the same time, Zavis 
chuckles and says, <laughs> My lord. Yeah. Everyone likes to call him that. You know Mark Maddox as well as we do. Do not ever doubt his companionship on the road. <laughs> he says, I know him perhaps uh, better than you do, and I know not to trust half the tales he tells. Touche, my lord. Taladar pipes up, and he says, As filthy creatures as Drow are, they are best known perhaps for their sense of self preservation. If we fall, she will certainly die. And he tries to come up with a situation that he's heard of historically that this has happened, where Drow, this is in the nature of Drow, that they do this. He's citing a case. He's citing a case, exactly. 29. And what is the, uh, what are the details of this, uh, of this very convincing, um, you know, story that he knows? This particular one is a, uh, it's a, almost a legend. It's one of those stories that gets told to people when they're kids about the, uh, oh, how does this go exactly? It's a story about the drow who had a thorn in its foot. <laughs> And how the drow agreed to the uh, brave adventurer <laughs> that it would help it survive uh, if it would remove the thorn. So, yes. <laughs> it was a drow with no arms. Oh, my You are very convincing. <laughs> wow. Luckily, the commander is a simple man. He wants to believe. He says, very well. Maddock, if you think you can control her, he says, I'll give it to you this time, but you're a loose cannon, Maddock! Maddock says, look at these hands, I can control anything! <laughs> and he says, yes, they will come in handy tomorrow, ripping the zombies' heads from their shoulders. <laughs> Maddock says, zombies' heads! And then he just turns no and walks away as you see that all the people have stopped and they just watch the spectacle. Okay. And he turns. Mark Maddock says, that guy really needs to calm down. <laughs> Fearon looks at, at Maddox and just shakes his head. Way over the top. Alright, uh... And then slowly people start getting back to their sparring and, uh... And training. Might be time for some more fire. <laughs> but you see, it's mostly it's mostly died down. Uh, a, a lot of people started to go inside and uh, appear to be retiring for the night. Fearon... Turns around and says, "What did you find, Shalrina?" What did I find? She's hiding right behind. I'm still. There's some scrubs under the barrel. Standing behind the guy. (laughs) (laughs) Staying behind the entire time. That would be amazing. Um. So. So what's she doing? Um. Was she looking around for something? Yeah, she's trying to find a, a nice secluded spot to. Um. To, lightning strike. To let uh, Fuzzy Very. there uh, do a lightning strike. So. Go ahead and give me a roll. Nineteen. But what did she do? What? what you said give me a roll. You didn't say. Well, that. yeah, but she. What? So. Suggest they ask. How are you finding a spot? Um. I say streetwise, knowing. Uh, I don't okay. know. Well, I mean, suggest something because I'm. Well, uh, Stealth could be appropriate uh, using her knowledge thievery. of kind of how to hide. Thievery. Okay, thievery is useful because you need to know uh, various things to be a good thief, and one of them is a good place to hide when you're done thieving. 
Yeah, she can tell that she could, uh, she could kind of move, uh, you know, an area, uh, move some hay. She, in well, just no, what the right she does way. is she she uh, okay. she finds a lattice that's climbing up a uh, a tower, and it's it's obviously not been taken care of in a long time. But she manages to scramble up it, and uh, she finds it's it's a little watchtower, and the door on it has been latched from the other side. Obviously, they don't want anyone going up there because it's kind of. A little bit unstable. Maybe this hasn't been shored up quite well enough to, to be uh, used yet. And there's no one up there. And there's a big crow's nest, and she kicks the crow really, really hard, and it goes Crack! as the sign yeah, for. Of course. Uh, for fair Yeah, and sees these crows squawking. It instantly interprets interpret what the crow says, which is, Ah, Drudge just kicked me out the window. And he says, Ah, oh, it must be her. And, uh, <laughs> and she takes slinks, a dagger and goes, slinks towards the, the lattice, waiting for the right opportunity to join uh, Chalrina above and enact the ambush. All right. You see that um, Blake Silverfoot? Uh, Silverfoot. He has. Uh, you see that the the Griffin cool. over near the gate. Uh, those of you are some of you are still remaining in the courtyard or what the rest of you yes. do. You see that he seems to have kind of gotten more control of his griffin and has, uh, and has pulled her in and has begun setting up the saddlebags again. But he's being—he's doing it extra slow and like careful, as clearly she is like much more jittery and jumpy, and then still kind of like jitters every once in a while as the saddlebags fall off and he has to hook up. And he—he he looks like he's frustrated, like he wants to ask someone to help him do it, but he knows that he can't, and it's just uh, checkmate. It just takes him quite some time. He was the weak link, and I poisoned him. <laughs> Alright, so he's there. So after half an hour of frustratingly <laughs> watching this guy try to suit up a griffin who is high on griffin catnip, um, <laughs> yes. he's, able to, uh, he's able to get her suited up, you know, leathers, uh, straps, you know, kind of tighten good. He's able to get on top of her the first couple times. She flies up and drops him, and if he gets up, he seems to be okay. And then uh, he looks around, and he sees uh, Mark Maddock, the yes. Mad Monk scene. Uh, and he... He sees, and he looks over and says... He looks over and says, Alright, one quick scouting run, then I gotta leave. Lost a lot of time. Uh, it's my own fault, I guess. Control your mount! Seems confused. <laughs> it's my own... He actually looks ashamed, like... <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Beard's pretty happy about that. He kind of smirks a little bit. Weird-ass Griffin. And he takes off into the air. Weird. And starts doing the scouting run that, uh... That requested. That, uh, actually, Mr. Zavis over here yes. told him to do. You guys... What's Fearin's plan here? Uh, Fearin, uh, has the ability to use a sensing eye to be able to strike foes without even having line of sight to them. So, not having a great amount of stealth himself, basically just goes completely out of sight. Like, goes, like, a ra- like they're up in this tower, and there's, like, an arrow slit that you can shoot through, and he's just, like, over here, like, not even at the slit. So, he, he, won't, he won't at all be seen doing this. Uh, whether or not he can pull off the, the, the attack magically, so it seems, uh, uh, so, so it seems convincing, that remains to be seen. He's going to wait for this griffin to kind of come low by the tower, and then he's going to summon a lightning bolt that will simultaneously strike the top of the tower and this, this griffin in a kind of a combined uh, spark 
uh, attack that will seem like it was uh, it was just a, a charge going for the very large castle, but happened to kind of like go off and, and hit the, the the unfortunate riding duo. So it won't be an easy thing, but he wants to he wants to hit it with a lightning bolt. See how that works for him. Uh, I mean, he's like, should I get off this tower? Uh, Fear says. He says, unless you can figure out a way to help me out. She's like, I'm carrying a big lightning rod. He says, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think, I, I won't knock over the tower for sure. It's not going to be that big. He says, uh, you'd be better off, uh, uh, he says, you'd be better off trying to help, uh, trying to f- figure out some way of helping me out here. He says, I need a spotter at least. All right. Um, then she will attempt to make sure you stay hidden. Tight. He says, that'd be great. But they're stealthy powers. Q, um, just sees you going on, and he gets the vibe that he could probably help out, and he says, I think I can help out. Let me see, what are you holding? Like, you have some uh, big rod thing? I have an imp- uh, a staff. And he kind of just holds it's his big. hands over it, and, uh, for a very short time, he makes it a little bit more potent. Nice. <laughs> With a arcana check, we'll say that's... That is... Hang on, let me 34? get the results. Over. Oh, okay. Thirty-four. All right. Yeah, definitely. Fearon can feel the uh, the magic essence of the uh, of the staff increase as he was able to uh, magically kind of overcharge it. And he, as he focuses, like the kind of the the area which would, which he would strike with his attacks, kind of becomes extremely more more focused, and he feels like he can much better place his uh, his charged energies. And what was Aurora's uh, stealth check? Uh, she had 21. Alright. And so Aurora's kind of just giving uh, tips, kind of providing maybe, so go ahead, you can describe no, she's, what she she's doing. She's basically got some, like, a few bits of uh, of extra building material, what they're using to fix this place, and she's kind of arranging it so that it still looks, like, all messed up, but it's totally obscuring his form of, like, doing this, you know, or whatever. Oh, he's around, Whatever like, his yeah, pose yeah. is. She's, like, building it around it so that it's kind of, like, extra... Because all she cares about is people from the ground. Can you soundproof the area? Because he can be around the corner, but he still might be noisy. Um, yeah. Well, how she does that, uh, she's basically just sticking a bunch of hay everywhere. To, awesome. Like, to, to, like... Because you know where the, where the sound bounces off. You're very quiet. Nice. Did, I didn't notice. <laughs> Zavis. Zavis. Uh... Even though he trusts Fearon and his ability to make this look like a legit lightning bolt... I have no idea why you trust him. <laughs> well, he trusts Daemon. There we go. Thanks. Uh, he still wants to help out any way he can, so he kind of wanders out into the middle of the, uh, into the, middle of the courtyard the where there are man. people that are training, and he says, <clears throat> and he yells to the group, and he says... I've been watching you training all evening, and I must say, while there are some impressive moves you people are able to pull off, for the most part, your swordsmanship is sloppy, and we must we must work on this. As he, uh, as the, the as he tries to command the attention of the courtyard onto him, and he <laughs> grabs one of the uh, a couple of the the people that are sparring, and says. Allow me to demonstrate, and quickly takes out his great sword and makes quick work. Doesn't kill them, but like makes quick work of them, oh and, them and has badly. them down on the ground with his blade against their neck. Well, and s- <coughs> roll a check. 
be athletics or yeah. what are you doing? You're doing athletics. We'll do or an you're athletics. doing like an intimidate. We'll do an athletics. All right. So that would be an eighteen. Oh. What's the the, the the success right now for us? Eighteen for Mara. Nice. Excellent. So, so go ahead. Uh, yeah, keep on describing. Has has one of them down on the ground with his with uh, and he and he picked one of the the not a guy that looked really really good, but not one of the the weaker guys either. And uh, and said and when the crowd was kind of going ooh ah, he said now allow me to demonstrate this move and proceeded to show the group how to do it to keep them distracted. Alright, and they are distracted as this guy threatening them, you know, they're kind of moving around. They, they all honestly want to learn a thing or two. They Some of them seem like rookies. They're doing that. Uh, what's uh, Mark Maddox, Matt Monsignor, Wheels, and Mason's Mitch doing? Um, <laughs> Mark Maddox. That's my favorite part of the night, by the way. Mark uh, runs outside, is outside and um, and uh, and suddenly looks up to uh, at uh, he's in a different area of the courtyard than um, Zavis who's training the guys. He's over with some of the uh, just the guards, I guess we kind of keep him watch. And he says, "This rainstorm is getting worse by the minute. We're gonna get flooding in here and then get drowned before the enemies even come." Trying to draw attention to the weather. So, and by his uh, taking it seriously, hoping that these guys will be like, wow, if Marcus, you know, Mad Monsoon is taking a storm seriously and really thinks it's that bad, it must be really that bad. So I'll be less surprised when, when, uh, when lightning suddenly strikes. I mean, he has Monsoon in his name. Exactly. He must know. And he's like, I've seen Maybe this. Maybe it's his fault. <laughs> I've seen rain like this a thousand times. We're due for a monsoon any minute. And, um... And begins to run around. He does not command anyone, but he runs around grabbing sandbags and bales of hay, <laughs> piling them in Charred places bales that of hay. could, like, feasibly, like, be blocking, like, and it's gotta be little gullies. Front. Yeah, exactly. Very small gullies. Like blocking stuff, like as if this is an emergency. <laughs> That's my excuse for using endurance. <laughs> Goes from code orange. Go. To code red. Twenty nine. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm yeah, 23. Within seconds, there are a bunch of guys who are picking up sandbags, following him around, kind of looking at what he's doing and trying to do it. And some of them are trying to figure out what the pattern is, and they're kind of not figuring it out. And they're going, man, it's a really subtle art, as you know, they kind of like follow him. And, it's beautiful. Uh, and you, just everybody in the courtyard is distracted, and clearly they're all expecting a huge storm to be coming. So, why don't you go ahead and describe. As uh, what happens to what happens as the as out. the plan unrolls as the plan uh, unrolls comes to fruition. Fearin, comes to fruition. Fearin, uh crouching in a shadowy in the shadowy corner or a shadowy corner of a tall abandoned tower, looks through the cracks uh, uh, in the stone down at the par- uh, at, down at the parade ground where. Uh, uh, where the monsoon is, is running helter skelter with uh, with bags of sand, trying to dam up <laughs> dam, dam up possible leaks. Where uh, what's what's uh, what's Ren's character's name again? Zavis. 
Whereas that was, is, has uh, three guys in the mud and is starting to bury those three guys with three other guys on top of them, uh, drawing most of the attention. He sees a completely still atmosphere and he grasps his, uh, his, his, his imbued rod and focuses his mind. He says, that as, he, as, he, as he looks up, uh, rain slowly kind of dripping through the room, he, he connects with, the, with the, uh, the natural elements around him and you see the clouds kind of above, like the people who know to look. Uh, Chalrine especially sees the clouds kind of begin to swirl a little bit uh, as she uh, as she uh, whistles softly. The uh, 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 a griffin kind of uh, comes comes around the bend into view. It's like a small uh, shadow and makes its way uh, towards the parade ground once more to complete its circuit as it approaches the flyby uh, as it begins to fly by the tower. Fearing, uh, fearing, reaches one gnarled claw up and just moves his hand slightly, triggering an, a chain reaction in the heavens. So I'm gonna I'll roll my nature check. Let's see what goes. Oh, you're good on checks. Oh, okay, I rolled oh. 18. Uh, All right. So as he uh, as he twitches that one claw, crackling uh, uh, in in massive dark clouds ahead, uh, climaxes in a single point. Which, which, which uh, lasers down to the tower where it strikes stone from uh, uh, from the shingles. They they, they roll off, uh, pouring into the, the parade ground and kind of littering uh, the uh, I guess the, the 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 drawbridge. Also, kind of pieces falling down of the moat. Another uh, another fork of the lightning heads directly for uh, for uh, the Griffin, striking it full on in the head with a screech. Uh, with, yeah. Uh, with a screech, uh, she she bucks and whirls, plummeting like a stone. She would have hit the moat. She would have hit the ground. Except she hit the wall! Slamming into the wall, you hear a sickening crunch as Blake Silverfoot uh, draws his last breath, maybe about 20 feet uh, up on the wall, before unconsciously slipping down into the dark waters of the moat. Anyone trained in lifeguard? No. I am, but I don't want to say I'm not that good of a swimmer. I already have been damp today. He's a good swimmer, but he has a feeling that... I think I could swim that well. The courtyard... The courtyard is all of a sudden just in panic as the guys doing the saddlebags start working faster as it goes. They go, "The, the man's a shaman! And, and they continue to kind of move the saddlebags around. The ones that were uh, fighting with um, uh, Zavis or getting fought by Zavis. Um, kind of looking around, they didn't notice, like, you know, they didn't see it because they were looking in a different direction. They're kind of looking and they go, a storm! And, um, and it appears that uh, none of them are the wiser, suspicious at all. But, the, you know, there's some panic there as uh, no one even noticed the griffin going down. Fearin makes a calm uh, exit, or uh, yeah, exit from the tower, and rejoins the companions once again on the parade ground. And he says, uh, he kind of like, he says with some hesitation in his voice, he says, he says, are we under suspicion? Mark says, don't just don't just stand there. We've all been working very closely on preparing for the storm. Hop, 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 hop. <laughs> 
Karina slides down yes. one, of the, one of the ropes that's connecting this, uh, this tower to, to probably something on the ground. It's kind of like one of those landlines, and she just goes and hops down and appears unimpressed by their sandbagging. Yes. Could just cut his flight feathers. I shot the griffin in the head, and then the other dude died on the wall, and then they both fell in the moat. I mean, you said for me to describe it. And we're what distracted. if the griffin wasn't supposed you to distracted. die? You No, no, I was okay. the whole time. Okay, cool, good. I, I didn't know if, you, if I'd, I'd gotten that actually sanctioned, or just because... No, everyone succeeded on the check, so it was... How does it play out? Fuck yeah. Yeah, we, uh... That's how it played out. He's not a problem. No one's even noticed... The Griffin falling. Uh, clearly, the distraction going on in the courtyard. I mean, completely flawless, flawless execution. Then Duran says, "He says, uh, under his breath to Taladar, he says, uh, should we, should we bring attention to his death, or, or make like he, he had already, he's already gone for reinforcements." Uh, doesn't matter. Maybe we should say, where is he? He should have been back by now. Because he was coming back. Yes. Someone else will be there. Um. Well, to what? To what end? Why, yeah, why do we... Because it would be weird if we were like, hey, we just sent him somewhere, and he's not back yet. Maybe just say, he's not here. Maybe he got lost out somewhere. Maybe he went. Maybe he got lost in the lightning storm. Although honestly, I'm not much good at bluffing. Yeah, that's my thing. It's like I don't want to like. Then have me. I'll say I don't care. <laughs> wait, wait. So have you go up to a guard and say, "Have you seen the guy?" He says, "No." And you say, "I don't care." No, if anyone sounds... asks, direct them to me. Okay. Yes. If someone at asks, we can do that. But I mean, like, my thing is, um, I can just imagine. Hey, you know where that guy is? Ask her. <laughs> I don't Ask. give a shit. I don't think she gives a shit. <laughs> I don't think she likes you. Uh, Fearin suggests perhaps this is finally time, finally, <clears throat> Monsoon, to go to your quarters and find out some more information about this place. That's true. What is going to happen next? Can you remember, like, God they there. attacked? That'd be great information to know. Actually, yes. These are all good questions. I will not answer them. Oh, I will. Um, <clears throat> 22 history. And then what happened? Mark Maddock, the Mad Monsoon. Can remember? He tries to remember what happened. He remembers that when the when Silverfoot was killed in the tragic uh, escape attempt, wrong place at the wrong time of the, uh, of the evil uh, the evil drow from the prison. That's kind of redundant, do anything. Yeah, fine. Of the evil in the dungeon. <laughs> um. <laughs> this is the uh, They realized that there was no one that could they could get there faster, and no one was able to to ride his griffin. Uh, you know, anyway, they they tried to to see if they could get someone to ride it back to the kingdom. Eight men died. They figured they would just have to send um, horsemen on foot along horsemen with... Horsemen on foot, huh? Yeah. On a horse idea. foot. On, on horse, horse feet. Foot. It was a caravan. <laughs> uh, along horse with the... <laughs> along with the women and children. 
that were uh, retreated before the... Evacuated? They were evacuated. No, they weren't evacuated. The keep was evacuated. The keep was evacuated of the women and children before the... It's all there. you got to mix it around a little bit. Um, so, before well, the battle. In that case, then we need to... We need to draw evacuate. attention to the fact that... Yeah, but... Yeah. Are, yeah you're, no, you're right. You're right. I shouldn't have spoken. No, no, no. We do need to evacuate. We need to get those women and children out of here. But you're right. We need to bring attention to... We need to bring attention to the fact that the guy is dead. Maybe someone should be like, hey, I'm going to go swim in the moat. Oh. Oh, God. It's this. <laughs> it's so horrible. Or someone, like, see... It or if somebody's up on, like, the parapet and looks over and says, oh, crap, there's a body and a griffin floating in the moat. It's <laughs> like, well, what's that? And another lightning bolt goes zap, and he's like, never mind. <laughs> what's, our, uh, what's our timeline? Like, does it happen all in one night, or is this, like, over the yeah. course of a month? Or was, what's going on? He going to leave tonight. With the uh, with the hope of sending soon enough word, gone with uh, with Silverfoot's death, they re- knew that sending the women and children out the next morning would uh, would not make much difference, and so they just left as scheduled. Yeah, got to do it now then. Wait, the, sending them out in tomorrow the would be too late, so we have to send them now, right? It's exactly the opposite of what I just said. Well, as scheduled, I figured it was now because you said if we left tomorrow morning, it's too late. I didn't say that. You said that. I said I nothing about it being too late. I, I you swear, oh, oh, wait, let no. it too late. I said it wouldn't matter when they left. Oh, so okay. they left as previously scheduled the next Wrong morning, so that they would ride, okay. so that they would take off in the light. Okay, so they were still pl- they were leaving, planning on leaving anyway. Yes. Oh, okay. They were evacuating the keep of the women and children. Um, Very good. even if the guy had left, they were going to leave. Correct. Okay, so before we before the war. Yeah, so we battle is the next day. I mean, so seriously, did you the, leave the, the women and children here? Maybe. Uh, Don't answer that. Maybe Let's go to your quarters. Maybe they're like good cheerleaders. Um, so yeah, they'll leave on their own. Then. We don't have to worry about them. Go, go. Right. Problem solved. I think. Like, is is that making sense to everyone? This makes no sense to, to fear so, the demon or anything that's inside of that yeah. corpse right now. We headed uh, we headed back to my quarters. All of us. Would you guys like to join me? In my I quarters? Join. Sure. Just wonder if we you know, bunk separately or not. Sure, I could get some like, couches it's, or something. Is it one of my choices? Your quarters or the jail? <laughs> Matt, old style grass. Markmatic, heart shaped bed. <laughs> <laughs> I approve. Big enough for five. It's a lot of love. That's how he rolls. What does Markmatic's quarters look like? Not enough room for a heart shaped bed. They um, are uh, not grandiose. He's not a man for silk sheets and nice feather boas. Um, he's. Uh, <laughs> His is uh, a soldier's quarters with a uh, big chest footlocker kind of thing. Spartan accommodations. And uh, Spartan accommodations, um, but a good selection of drink. And a heart-shaped bed. <laughs> and, and a donut-shaped bed. It's a fortress. Um, and, uh, and just a, uh, you know, old-style bed. He's not, uh, he gets a lot of respect around here, but he doesn't have... Uh, so the best quarters in the, the fort. Help, help me out here. Um, has does that mean that you you're here as a resident? Like you've been here a while? Because if your room is established, then um, I think that, that I been here a long time? was uh, 
or were you promoted excited? faster than anyone expected, and then demoted because I got too close to the truth. I think that's fair. <laughs> I think that was... No so. check means you're saying what you like. Um. <laughs> well, you know, because I'm just curious, like, if well, this room is... Yes. No, I do don't you have pictures on the walls? Yes, actually. Like here? That's exactly what Brandis remembers. <laughs> That's exactly... Okay, now, actually, this is very this is very important. That's what Brandis told you guys about his adventures during this time period. Uh-huh. That he was promoted faster than I expected, and then demoted because I got too close to the truth. Now that we're here, looks like he just has a boring room. <laughs> I rolled a three, plus... I meant to say that's exactly what Brandis thinks he remembers. Thinks he okay? Yes. Well, that's that. That's even that, that's what I mean. Like I didn't say we remember. I'm just saying like, yeah. So. Um. Theorin, I rolled a three. I just mean like logically based on the room though. Suddenly. Do you have stuff on the walls? About to look at the picture. Knock on the door. Do you have a, a little spot for your sword? There's a heavy knock on uh, uh, on the door. Brandis. Mark says, "Enter." Are we all in my room? A uh, large Sh- man, is, like, a large man who's wearing, like, um, <laughs> who's wearing, you know, like a, a sleeping nice gear standard issue for the uh, soldiers, which would be what? Footies. I think long, long, long underwear, yeah. red, nightcap. Yeah. yeah, that's what it would be. Uh, he um, <laughs> nice. he says, "Hey, Mark," and he judges uh, yeah. you out. Is it? Uh, is what it the fuck? He's one of the only guys you've seen that refer to him by his first name. Is it? Big scary beard guy? No, different no, guy. No, he sounds like. Does he have a gift? Uh, it says the guy that you saw, one of the guys you'd seen outside near the Griffin. Uh, the druid-looking one or the, the other one? The one who looked um uh, uh had the final book shadow or whatever. Un- unhappy. The guy that looked kind of unhappy and was um. Was he the one with all unhappy. the leathers? There was a guy who wore. No, no, that was the, the druid-looking guy. Yeah, oh, the, I said druid-looking guy. Talking about the paladin-looking. Yeah. Heavy armor guy. Um, and is Brand, does Brandis go outside? Uh, yes. And it looks like it's, it's important. Brandis remembers as he comes out, he can just vaguely remember this man's name, West. In fact, he remembers this because he is fairly certain that, uh, that he has spent uh, considerable time with West at some point in time. Um, he opens the door and immediately says, Ah! Not north, south, or east. West. Just what I needed to see. The guy is thrown off guard by this as uh, he goes, oh, uh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> uh, and you get the feeling that perhaps that, uh, as Brandis does this, that perhaps the time is spent was later than this day. Uh, for this guy is not treating um, Brandis with the same sort of familiarity. Oh, did it. Um, he said, "I enjoyed that uh, that that drink we shared last night." Um, he says, "But hey, uh, I was wondering. Uh, I've uh, I've got some coin I've been saving up, and I haven't had anywhere to spend Mark, it." Mark uh, walks out and closes the door. He says, uh, "How much for a, a night with the uh, drow?" Uh, it says, hot. Did I hear um, that? We can no. always use... He explicitly Thanks. shut the door. God. I specifically said I was shutting What's the door. What's your perception? Not um, uh, <laughs> West, uh... West says... Um, uh, Maddox. <laughs> <laughs> Maddox says... All sorts of tough calls today. Um, 
Why is everyone asking me? How cheap do I sell my companion's virtue? Um, <laughs> says, what trust me, my good man, that's an evening you'd never forget, but night might not see the morning light. Um, not to say that I didn't... He says, I could, uh, I could put her in shackles, I don't mind that. Um, <laughs> this is awesome. This wet oh guy God. is fantastic. West, um, you bastard! Maddox says, West, back to the back to the jail. Do you remember him like missing an arm in your in your in your near future? Um, Maddox says, uh, five billion gold. Um, West, my good boss, willing to strike a deal. West, my good man. Um, I see you're a thinker and a man who knows what he wants. But, uh, unfortunately... She's occupied tonight. I've uh, reserved this evening's activities. And then with that, he kind of backs off and he says, he says, oh, okay, all right. But oh. Mar- and he looks really frustrated. Maddox, think, Maddox, thinking of the timeline, the situation that we're in, and the bodies that we're in, says, perhaps tomorrow. <laughs> he says, I will take you up on that. And he takes off down the hallway. <laughs> Apparently not. Apparently not. It's not just men that have their price. Five billion. Five billion coins. Well, she's. You just pick a number you think he'll never achieve, what? and then he shows up with five billion coins. You're like, five billion coins. He says, I will be back. Ten for every day of my life. Um, and uh, yes, and quietly comes back inside. Close the door behind him. Alright. Well. Was it important? Mark says, <laughs> Oh, you'll find out tomorrow. <laughs> Fear doesn't is, like that tone. Fear is displaying. Neither does Shalrina. <laughs> some uh, odd behavior in the corner. He's kind of gone to sit by the fire and. Is he pissing the rug? Is he doing the whole, like, leg over one shoulder, like. No, 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 not, nothing... Is he house trained? Nothing calisthenic, nothing, <laughs> nothing related to any sort of waste management systems. <laughs> uh, but he, he sits there kind of uh, hunched over and his eyes seem kind of rolled back in his head and he's kind of like swaying, kind of muttering things. And as he kind of moves his hands, like the, the, the smoke and the fire kind of dances a little bit and... A little, maybe it's, you'll see kind of the faintest white wisps kind of move out, and it's kind of, you know, it, 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 kind of almost a, a trance of some sort as he kind of, you know, sits rocking, you know, uninterrupted in, in this uh, in this fashion as as the night continues. Okay, that's weird. It's really weird. <laughs> hmm. You're weird. Uh, I would like to. She says that. Uh, okay, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> she. That's what she says. She says you're weird. Yeah. She comments on it. Like you got problems. Like, like I mean, he kind of maybe weird. understands. Okay. I mean, he's getting all kinds of interesting information and stuff from whatever body he's in. Maybe it's kind of reacting oddly with whatever Damon's doing. Brandis, and Brandis is mine. Um, thinks of. How odd Daemon is, and how uh, mm. he has uh, pondered many times on 
what Damon is, and kind of sees him now as like he kind of like went to the perfect body, like not much less strange. <laughs> so it's like weird stuff going on. Is like that's Damon. That's I feel the same. Doing stuff. I can feel the same. Like if Damon were in his normal body, and he was spending an evening muttering and humming and chanting and sort of rolling around the corner, like, like I think we've seen him do that. That's (laughs) just in our good odds. Looks through looks through his memories, and not finding one creates a memory, and then references that and says, (laughs) "Yeah, I think I've seen him do this before. Nothing to worry about." (laughs) Okay. So, do you remember how this battle turned up? Like, did we win or lose? Did any of your party members snuff it? <coughs> um, that's a good question. Um, yeah, that is a good question. Because if one of us is supposed to die well, and you were supposed to get out of here, that kind of puts a timer on. West made it out, I think. He did? Well, apparently I hung out with him later. Unless we hung out a lot And apparently tomorrow. you promised her to West tomorrow. I was kind of hoping he'd be one of the ones that died so we wouldn't have to deal with that tomorrow. Oh, no, I'm but sure I had to put that two and two together. A human soldier will oh, trust me, I'll proposition a drow that. assassin and a hijinks one, so... I hope that doesn't mess up the timeline. <laughs> As he says. Uh, 17. You probably don't have really great history on that character. That's... <laughs> No, I, uh... Brandis, Mark does remember what's in item number one here. It's blank. Oh. <laughs> he doesn't remember anything. You remember. <laughs> but your memory blanks. <laughs> Maybe that's... Because I rolled low. You remember what's on this paper. Huh. <laughs> Brandis doesn't remember anything. I saw you want to whisper it in my ear, like your? You remember that uh, the, the the thing we discussed? Um, we discussed lots of things. Whisper to me that. What? Go ahead. I. He's asking. He does. He doesn't. Remember. We discussed many things. Brandis, you go, just play it out yourself. Um. Uh. Mark remembers that uh, the army comes and uh, the battle does not go well for most of the fight. Um, and recalls that his him and his allies um, get more or less uh, separated from the bulk of the um, army and uh, have to make a last stand uh, in one of the kind of the deep, like the fort kind of goes back and like there's there's more space in there and they get pushed further and further back in there and eventually are have their backs to a wall. And uh, so you first got the feed. And uh, yes, Brannis, and, and the thing is Brannis wasn't too worried because that's how, that's uh, the situation that he's, that he's used to um, is kind of impossible odds. And, uh... That's how he knows things are going well. And... Doesn't, uh... And did all of his companions make it out? He remembers the battle ending with a lot of violence. And seeing his companions die one at a time. 
like all one at a time, or just like four one at a time, or three. So First we... one, and then another, and then another. As the uh, as the armies are just like too many. Like we kill like thousands of them. That's a branch of numbers, thousands. Um, <laughs> but uh, but eventually we're overwhelmed, and uh, and we're trapped. We can Ow. contact Huptos, let him know that he doesn't have forever. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh... Well, so, if we die in these bodies, do we die in real That's an excellent That's question. That's not a memory Brandis has. One I'm not wanting to figure out the answer to. You're not willing to? Yeah, well, I'd just as soon not have to find the answer out to that. Well, I'd like to know ahead of time, wouldn't you? Well, yes, if we can, but I was meaning the... Arcana. The ultimate The experimental method. Now, that's what Brandis remembers, but also things have played out differently so far. So, I don't... But we've also been making an explicit effort to make sure things go exactly the same. Right, that's what Hepdos was saying, so it's kind of like... So we should just avoid... Can we? Is that should we? That's the thing. I mean, if if Taladar died here, he's supposed to die here. So that kind of defeats the whole point, anyway. If he doesn't, Am or he's I supposed to die, not here, but or he's, spo- he's supposed to die before at least impacting the world. Yeah. Man. We could leave, and then. I mean, you say they, so they don't do great anyway. Yeah, well, could... Yeah, we could just hide in a cave somewhere. Yeah, and, it's, it's mean, not like just we... In, in Brennan's memory, it, it all comes back, and he's very quiet. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not... Uh, uh, role-playing well. We're in, we're in his quarters. The guy has left. Things have calmed down a bit. And Brandis kind of suddenly... Um, Mark Maddock. But you see the... You see, you know, Brandis more than ever kind of coming through on him. And he says, you know... I think we're in trouble here, because if we... I don't know if we have to get out of this memory, or what, but, uh... But, like, and not just us, like... We don't just get separated, like, the armies get overwhelmed, and we kind of, like, keep fighting. Because we last longer than the rest of them. I don't know. What if we just went to, like, a cave somewhere... And then when Hapdos manages to figure out how this is going, he could like pull us out one by one. That's and then true. the regular people come back and then we like gang up on that person and kill them in the cave. And do <laughs> yeah. that one by one until it's just you and whoever's left. Yeah, because I guess And then he pops you out and then you just gotta wake up in a cave surrounded by your dead companions. Which <laughs> might be an odd situation for you Which personally. Is so fitting for Brennan's Zabas is actually <laughs> Not entirely opposed to that. <laughs> I well, don't know if Brandis would be the same after that. <laughs> there was this one time where I was venturing with that group and I killed them all. One at a time. It was great. I don't even understand why I had to do it really. The explanation was terribly complex. Um, something to do with time travel, but I really believed that I had to kill them. <laughs> I was sure that I was a time traveler and these people had to die to preserve the timeline. So I murdered them in their sleep. <laughs> well, 
That is something to be concerned of. How much of this are you going to personally remember? Um, so. That's the other thing is, like, normally I would just say, well, well what we should do you just remember? run off into a cave and just <coughs> run live. Brandis, what do you remember happening? Right? Retroactively, but, um, this should have already happened. I, my that's memories, what all this is. He's talking about. I'm like, just talking about you actually remembering what you did when you were with us. Originally? Fixing the timeline. What do... Yes. Yes, I'm right now. memory. Come on. What is the timeline? Uh, we have caught the time paradox. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> There's no recursive memory. Ah! So, um... So, yeah. So, I normally I just say, yeah, why don't we just run off and live in the woods like hippies and, like, not impact the world, and that would be fine, but, um... Well, Brandis still has to go impact the world. Yeah, so... He did a lot of impacting, I'm sure. He, in fact, has to parry the world. I have to parry it, and then I have to... Reparry it. (laughs) Repair. As Mark is thinking about this... Yes, playing playing paradoxes. Playing through the events in his head, you know, as he's talking about this. He remembers uh, some more details come in. And... uh, He remembers these events happening, but he's... Not certain if they happened in the battle tomorrow. Oh. He remembers holding off an army for a long time, and at first he thought a long time meant, you know, an hour, a couple hours, a long time to be fighting. But now he's trying to think it might have been days, it might have been weeks of holding off waves of enemies, or perhaps waves of enemies in a single night, and that he can't, at the current time, he's not sure. What the what the length of time this defense held out for? And we can't like ask the soldier around here. Hey, how long do we last? Uh, there's something with that too. I mean, if we ditch out, that means your group ditched out essentially, and all the enemies may not have died. Like, oh, sure the, they may have oh, won. The enemies that are supposed to die also have to die. Makes sense, right? Okay. But like one zombie can change the world. I mean, sure, they still maybe this castle still gets wiped out, but like, what if it doesn't get wiped out? Like it's it was a two to three battle, but now it's yeah. overwhelming and they mean. just totally get wiped out. So now there's a whole bunch more yeah. dudes. I think that's actually a good point. The idea of who has to live has to live, and and the damage that that this group does in the battle is needs important. to be done. It needs to be done. I mean, because but comparing. What looks like what land bodies we've landed into compared to the rest of the keep, I'm sure that this was not a well, inconsiderable uh, factor in the battle. Uh, Mark says, you have some experience in the arcane, sort of. This guy does, um, seems to. Can you concentrate your efforts to figure out, I mean, say we live, you know, run off in the woods and, and just you know screw the tunnel and everything like that, how are we getting out of here? We don't. Yeah, that's I a mean, really good wait, question. I mean, I mean can, you can we Heptos. try and contact Heptos? Like, can you... Interesting. I, I mean, sit down, let's do a ritual. Any ideas just... for 21 Arcana to try and think of... Contacting Heptos? Contacting people contacting in an alternate timeline. Uh, or the future... The right future. I mean, you still have obviously ties to your true selves and yeah. where, where you come from. It's not like you're just <clears throat> talking to the future. You're you're more like talking to where you should be, you know, your, yeah. your origin point. There's some sort of... He you understands that there is some sort of tether back to, back to your real world, the real current time, what would be considered now by... Um, by... 
Heptos and the, those that remain behind. Yeah, and uh, perhaps with some study uh, of the um, of the area around here, kind of where maybe where Heptos appeared, you know, perhaps working at it, you could uh, potentially try to uh, send some sort of message, but it would require a, a fair amount of work. Yeah. And not guaranteed. Interesting. Or perhaps I'd also contact you again, but that's... Crash. Hmm. Well, sounds like the... Uh, the... Yeah. I don't know. I mean, this guy, he doesn't seem like he's much into the whole... Well, maybe, time, could be. He's just sort of judging, like, what he sees of this guy and whether it seems very timey related. It doesn't seem that much time related, but maybe it's all elementary. Practitioner of magic is a practitioner of magic. Yeah, that's... Alright. I guess we could work at it and see if we could somehow figure out... I mean, knowledge would be great right now. Yeah, yeah. Ren will... Ren. Zavis will lend his assistance since he knows... Or he feels like he kind of knows about arcane stuff from back before. He's not exactly sure how it works, but he feels that at least Arcane maybe ideas. if this, maybe if he and uh, Thalandar uh, kind of bounce ideas off each other, maybe they can come up with something. Alright. Figures. It's worth a shot. Where did he contact us? Once was on the walls? Yeah, down yeah. in the dungeon. I thought one was on the walls first. Or, no, yeah, no. and down in the dungeon. And down in the dungeon. Yeah. Nowhere else, though? Yeah, right. I think he just talked to us twice, sort of. Um, I think. What is a Shar... Shalrena. Shalrena. Shal- you can just call her Rena, if, you, if it's easier for you. No, no, I just want to remember the name. I just remember going to remember Shal. Shalrena. Uh, what's she been doing while they're discussing all this? Um, she's poking around this place, just kind of... She's been trying to figure out, like, what the stone's made out of and the structure of it, but it's she's frustrated because it's not coming to her. I mean, she has a kind of... She, she's got an okay dungeoneering. I mean, she's, she's got, like, a... Actually, she doesn't. A five. So she actually is not nearly as good as I thought. So she's... All she knows, it's made out of rock, and that is very unnerving. Uh, so she's just been kind of, like... Trying to find anything that she does understand, and she realizes that she could escape this room fifty different ways. Uh, she could unlock all the doors and and hide in like you know at least twelve spots. And she knows how to kill like each of you in your sleep, like and then not in your sleep, and then in other ways. And the things that does that she is able to do kind of disturb her a little bit because. That's not her usual. Deeper and darker. It's not her usual fare. Wait, wait. Does she feel it's out fun. of her element not being in her plate now? Yeah. She feels very exposed, actually. How much is she wearing when now that she's not in rags? I like, mean, well, she, she's wearing um, leather mm-hmm. armor. It's. Leather and it, it, it shows a lot of her legs. Uh, the, the rest of it's pretty. Yeah, it. It's. Yes, it's. it's it's tight. It covers well, but it's form-fitting. Very form-fitting. Revealing. Uh, so she's like, not. 
yeah, exposure would be would be a good way to describe it. Um, but trying to trying to figure out what her what her part is in all this is partially just kind of understanding what she's good at. But the more she figures that out, the less comfortable she is. <laughs> so she's actually eager to wander around and, and figure out more about this place. Hmm. She's just kind of waiting on you guys to decide what you want to do for the night. Uh, well, I guess, I mean, Ren, whatever you are now, come along. We go check out the walls in the dungeon and see if there's any sort of any residual essence. Residual residualiness? Yes. Find very tired right now. I mean, it is quite late. Yeah. Um, yeah. You could spend <coughs> in the morning. night doing this if you want. Yeah, they don't attack immediately. And well, I'm hungry. We do so. have to rest like normal people. Although I think I have to rest less now. <gasps> oh my Imagine. god. <laughs> Only four, four <laughs> hours. Only four hours. <laughs> Same as drought. It's been a while since we've been so the drama. Just sit up for another four hours. Like. Yes, we'll just sit here, staring at you guys. <laughs> they, right, sit then, they sit there secretly, like hating each other, but they can't Ain't figure you. out why. So you guys gonna go to sleep? You. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Mark is gonna go to sleep. Like, continues in this odd trance of his. Oh, he just continues. Well, Mark, uh, Mark like shoulder checking at the doorway. His like him <laughs> recalling memories isn't like sitting down and going think, think, think. It's just kind of like. like that, like, that doesn't help. Like, everyone, like, realistically, everyone, like, like, that just won't do it. And so it's kind of like, I really hope I can remember, like, Stay some of the details about this place. So I'm going to get some rest. Get some shut-eye. Dream, perhaps. Good night. Enlighten you. Enlighten you. Good sleep. Zabba says to Thaldron... I will give you hands for as long as I can, but I'm getting pretty tired. Uh, just go to sleep. That's okay. Deal. And Thaldrin was hoping he would say that, or Zavis was hoping Thaldrin would say that, and I'm sure you have quarters, too. I have quarters. He doesn't even go to his quarters. He curls up on the floor next to the fire in... Is this a gnome thing or a dragonborn thing? I don't know. Next a huge curl up. Or maybe it's a huge Crazy man fearing. <laughs> one guy Googling out and one guy curls up. And Shalina? In fact, it kind of blocks out the light to the rest of the room because he's huge. Um, She's going to stay up because uh, she, she only needs four hours of sleep. So she's actually going to... Teach you a city meditation. It's a state of meditation. Aware of meditation, actually. So what is she doing? Um, I don't know. It kind of depends on, on what the thoughts are. I think, I think Taladar is going to, I mean, if the rain is letting up at all, or maybe he'll go out anyway. Just put on a heavy cloak. She's He's going to go hang out on the walls where they first work, because that's far less suspicious than hanging out in the dungeons. Um... <laughs> And uh, basically chill there, and because I guess he doesn't even actually sleep, he just sort of meditates. Yeah. He's just going to hang out in that area and see what kind of vibes he can pick up while he's awake, and then sleep there too. Or meditate there. She's going to follow him, not like sneaky follow, but she's just going to pat after him. Um, 
uh, but you notice like she her footsteps don't make any sound, so she might as well be sneaking. But she doesn't intend to hide from you. Like to go once around. Uh, what's going through everyone's uh, everyone's minds? What are they thinking about uh, before they uh, doze off for sleep for the night? You know, having been transported into these bodies, kind of had your first day, not even day, but just a few hours uh, kind of dealing with this completely foreign environment you've been thrown into. Uh, let's start. Well, maybe not so completely foreign. Uh, <clears throat> Where did we do this last week? No. Uh, Ren thinks to himself, you know, as he's lying there, kind of dozing <coughs> off to bed, he's thinking about Zavis's body and how just... He's, he's nervous for the battle tomorrow because of what uh, Mark just told them. But at the same time, they've been in a bazillion things. They went up against Imix and <laughs> came out okay. And surely some of these zombies aren't going to be that big a deal. But So he's kind of worried about that, but at the same time, he's just amazed at this body that he has because he's huge now. And, you know, he's laying here on the floor blocking out the light to the rest of the room. And when he was, you know, causing a distraction and, and sparring with the, the guys down in the courtyard, he wailed on, like, two or three big guys physically. It, it, he wasn't relying on magic and, like, hurling fireballs at people from far away. And he's so unaccustomed to, to just smashing people with his hands and having them go flying. And, you know... He's an intimidating little gnome now that he's all fiery and stuff, but he's never had people just look at him and be scared because he's a dragonborn, you know? And um, he thinks that it's... He, he sits there and he thinks to himself about how cool that is that he is able to do a lot of this physical stuff, but at the same time, he is uh, a little bit sad because... Um, he sees the way that a lot of the men look at him, and they are s- kind of scared of him and intimidated by him, and he has no way to turn it off. And he is kind of a softy, and while he does like to intimidate people and can get kind of crazy, he also enjoys, you know, chatting it up at the bars and being social and, you know, making friends and stuff like that, and he feels like it would be a harder to do in something in a meat suit like this and kind of has a <laughs> better understanding for some other people and their how they may have to deal with stuff like this. And scene. Shalrina? Shalrina? Um, I, I feel like I already kind of did that when I was talking. So. Okay. Um... Hugh has never been that comfortable with magic, exactly. Just because he was never really smart enough to understand it, like, how it worked. It's kind of like a kid who has trouble with math. Like, it's sort of frustrating, because you just don't get it, and you're like, ah, whatever, I won't worry about it. And, of all the things that have been potential threats in his life, magic is probably the least, the one that perhaps most unnerves him, because you could see some doohickey over there, and you know it's magical, and that means it could be it might squirt your hand a little bit or it could kill you instantly, and you have no way of knowing. For him, anyway. And so, being in this body who is 
literally been. twice as intelligent as he is. Like, <laughs> he is finding things that uh, he just understands. All the weird little things, like the discussion. He's thinking back on things he talked about with Ren, or heard Ren and Frida discuss, and he's able to actually pick up the pieces of what they were saying, and things are making sense now that had never made sense he's to him before. Con. And it's uh, fairly liberating and interesting. Um, and at the same time, he's terrified in the situation because it's totally foreign and he has no idea how he's going to survive. And uh, he's un- and this, this body and its capabilities are totally untested to him and he doesn't know if he's going to make it through this. And Arath is still horribly frightening. He's as terrifying as he remembered him being like when they first encountered him and they, he basically one-shotted the entire group and he basically did it again, despite everything they have gone through. So, yeah. It's kind of a... You're doomed, but you're going through it anyway, because you're still alive. <laughs> That's kind of what he's going through. But it's like, okay, well, not dead yet. How are we going to go? What are we going to do next? So, I have to just say this, because I have been thinking this for a long time with your character that you're with right now, and this is... You might have to edit this out. But your character totally reminds me of that book, Flowers for Algernon. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where he gets really smart, and then he gets dumb again. And I have a feeling if you go back to the we're going to go right. back to I want to lose this. the mood here, so let's, let's go no, no. to the next, uh, next person. Dalman finds himself locked in vicious conflict with the... Uh, the spiritual essence of fear in it inside that has made a power play to reclaim control of the body. Uh, ever since he cast that powerful lightning spell, he didn't realize who he was dealing with, and Fearin is an extremely powerful and almost completely mad druid. There, I mean, when you're dealing with primal essences and kind of really getting that much, that close to kind of the power of primal spirits you have to be careful not to go too far because the wildness that is imbued in nature doesn't mix well with kind of like the intelligence of like of uh, kind of self-aware humans like it can overwhelm that and kind of like wrap it up and it's kind of like pure kind of like primal like wildness and this is what has is what has happened to to Fearin years ago and left him with an extremely unstable kind of like spirit and when this process happened, Damon was was placed in, in control, but Fearin's Fearin's intelligence wasn't fully thrust out. And upon unleashing some of his power, he was able to reclaim and kind of reclaim and, and, and kind of like make a power play for for control again. And as like Fearin's body sits there, kind of like in some strange trance, Damon finds himself in a battle of wills within to try to get back in the driver's seat and. You know, it is it is something that is testing his kind of like, I mean, his every kind of like grasp on life, and even even his kind of like even his will uh, to control the the elements that it's that for some reason they both they both kind of can influence in their separate ways, and this battle lasts the entire night until someone disturbs him in the morning when they find him still in this strange trance. Brandis in the body of Mark Maddock, which is himself and yet is different, um, is uh, just, you know, you're trying to remember something and, he, and he's going to sleep, and but at the same time it's like it, the, his mind is still going, trying to remember stuff, 
And he's going through all of his memories, and he's thinking about, you know, okay, what happened, and how did I get out of here, and, like, you know, all my buddies died, and then it's like, I fought my way out, or, like, I, you know, you know, he's, you know, the griffin, the griffin's dead, you know, the griffin, you know, didn't listen to him or anything like that, it's like, so he's trying to remember, half is, like, personal preservation and self-preservation and being like, you know, I gotta make sure I get out of here to live and to preserve the timeline, because it's like, we don't want to, like, hold ourselves up here and then get cornered, and Brandis is like, this isn't how it happened, I got away before. Um, and like, <laughs> So there's that, too. And then there's also this, um, this, you know, huge gaps being there, and he doesn't remember, like, how he did it, how he got out of there. And he's also, like, it's becoming not so much self-conscious, but, like, it's throwing him through a loop because a big chunk of, I mean, you can see from his checks, he doesn't remember a lot of this stuff. And it's like, we're here, and he's like, I should remember this, but I don't. And then some stuff, he's like, I remember that, but I remember it differently. And it's like, then he thinks about other stuff, and he starts kind of losing his confidence, going, okay, these things that, you know, I talked about before, were they... Were there were they memories like were they like truthful things were they stories I told so many times inaccurate memories that they became inaccurate you know what I mean like, inaccurate memories like, are finally becoming it's a problem like, you know those those <laughs> those little kid kind of yeah exactly all his stories are like suddenly it's like I told so, this story so many times and how I killed you know a thousand zombies and like and and you know free <laughs> this right, drow from the this. prison right before you know, this guy and like he remembers Silverfoot being like a totally cool guy like a good guy and he wasn't. Like, he really didn't get along with Brandis. And part of it is not being able to pick out what things are memories, what things are, like, memories that have been, like, twisted, like, from youth, like, heights when you're little. You know, you remember, like, the slide, you know, John. So he's, like, all these things. It's like, no, I remember this, you know, some of this thing being more massive. I remember, like, this keep being bigger. I remember more guys here, and now it's all different. And some of it is just completely false, and he's like, I don't know if I read that. I don't know if I, like, like his history checks, he would tell the story so many times that it's like, it's yeah, I was there, kind of thing. And then and then some of it, he thinks, he suspects, with shame, he's been completely made up. Because some of his stories, he realizes, were just, like, way over the top, and, like, totally ridiculous. Like, things that could not have happened. And so it's kind of, and that's when he's seen here when, like, he's like, yeah, I remember being promoted and demoted, and he's like, that doesn't even make sense. <laughs> and so he oh feels God. bad because that's oh, when he would tell these stories. And, like, he's not, like, crying to sleep, eating his pillow there, but there's definitely a, he, he is not getting restful sleep until he, he kind of, like, like, tosses and turns until he finally is just exhausted and, and goes to sleep and has, like, a quiet, dreamless sleep where he's just, like, Unconscious until he wakes up in the morning and just wakes up just like more frazzled than he was. He's trying to remember stuff and he wakes up and he's just like, now I had I don't know what to believe. <laughs> and so he's uh, God damn. Yeah, so it's kind of like a, a an awakening of you guys both have bad times. All his uh, <laughs> all his uh, his stories, like you said, have finally come back to to kick him in the ass because it's like. You know, I really wish I could remember exactly what happened here. Yeah. It would be That's really never really been right a now. concern. So. In the night. In the middle of one of uh, Brandis's short dozings off before, you know, just kind of 
he's, you know, he's able to fall asleep a little bit shortly and then not. He has a dream at one point, a vivid dream of the battle to come. And the only waking, uh, the only waking memory he has from it when he awakes as this rush of memory comes, uh, comes flooding forward is this army being commanded by some sort of powerful lich. Which frightens him because he remembers, uh, he, he knows that liches are uh, bad news. Are very dangerous. <laughs> and he remembers this lich standing over him, taunting him, and saying, the whole world will know the name of... And then the memory goes away, and he can't remember the name that was said. And as, as he's startled awake in this, you know, in this nightmare. Kind of looks around. Hold on. Meanwhile, Taladar. Taladar. <laughs> I only know his name because I keep reading it here. <laughs> Meanwhile, Taladar and, and uh, uh, Shalarina. You can call her Rina. It's okay. Um, in his right trans anyway. trans uh, dream state up on the uh, the parapets. Right? That's what it would be called? Yeah. Uh, up on the parapets is trying to kind of feel for this, uh, any sort of maybe residual magic here. Clearly, Heptos had to sort of tear open the barrier of time in order to kind of break through and come here to speak with you. And those sorts of um, extraordinarily complex. dangerous and, and complex magic oftentimes leave sort of a mark on the... Uh, on the, the arcane weave, and he's sort of trying to find that, and he finds that as he is sleeping, he awakes with more of an understanding of uh, of what is going here, as he feels like he has, he has caught the slightest thread of something that he needs to follow, which he will do next week. One week continue. On Thursday.